Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined, as always, by... Trace Finnecaro. And... Will Antonio Viparelli. And yes, that is a JoJo reference! <laughs> that is a one, Gunner Kennedy. We are also joined today by our first repeat guest, Jesse A.H. A.H. H.S. with Godheart Media. Jesse, how you doing? Good. Jesse, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, and I'm honored to be your first repeat. Yeah, you've, you're our first, first, second time. I was going to reach out a few different times, but I was just like, yeah, those guys don't want to hear right. me Always talk reach out. Bullshit. Always, <laughs> always reach out. Are, are, are we your first repeat podcast? No. Are we your first snake-related repeat podcast? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, Jesse, um, we're going to do a plug now, uh, was kind <laughs> enough to bring some wonderful donuts from a shop called glazed and confused so uh they're not necessarily the sponsor of this episode but uh we're gonna give them a little bit of not so free advertising because they did give us some donuts so uh yeah that's true my uh my significant other my uh beloved uh immortal if you will uh (laughs) is the uh head pastry chef there so yes she they're provided in part and parcel by her I liked the little raspberry on top of the frosting. That was a oh, nice yeah. touch. It's all fresh. I had like a nutter butter one. It lasted three bites. It was delicious. <laughs> and it was sizable too. But right, I had the, I had the Skittles slash peanut butter cup one, and I feel like my mouth has been violated in ways that only usually occur uh, after at least a couple, couple like six seven shots. In a blackout, in a black, in a blackout period. <laughs> So Glazing Confused, thank you very much, guys. They are the best donut shop in Syracuse, regardless of what others may tell you. <laughs> Please don't firebomb my apartment. Other, other, uh, we, other donut or, shops. Or, 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 or if a, a wheel disappears, at least take the steely and not the It's yellows. 30 minutes out of the way. I doubt they're going to drive 30 minutes. Yeah, that, that's quite this a is, This is a, don- yeah, this is a mean, donut war. There are... There are <laughs> war never changes. Yeah, but what, what if they bombed us with an actual donut, though? That would kind of I'd, be like I'd be open to that. That would yeah. be kind of like a like a like we lost, but we also won. Yeah. So like yes, or or they frosted your car, or they frosted the inside of your car. That's like that's a You're that's talking a, about a, a high dollar detail job. After I that, feel that there's the a mockumentary in this that we could probably <laughs> produce like pretty quickly and pretty pretty uh, reasonably affordably. I, 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 this on the, on the, A&E would definitely have some it, vested interest so, in if we if we got the right pitch. Yeah, Donut Wars I mean like this is this is this is so much more polite than I'm usually used to because when I when I was when I was a larval gunner and I went to a different school district they stuck fetal pig parts in one of the the teachers uh like car vent systems. So like oh. the frosting seems like the frosting seems like such a nice we got that More covered. Thing. That's the bacon donut. The bacon donut, or or or, or lawn clippings. Lawn clippings was a good one. Lawn from. clippings was a good one too. You just pull the t- you pull the like the dryer tube thingy out from the car and dump it in the heater box, and when they turn it on, it just blasts them. Man, <sighs> how about rum balls? Camden was screwed. Rum balls? Yeah, rum balls. They aren't even like <clears throat> baked, so they're extra wet. And you, they could be flammable. You just put a little extra rum in them. Well, so in the donut wars, the rum does, ball is king. Does the does well actually is that does that rum ball also have come from a bottle that has a screw cap and it's called Devil Spring? Uh, Devil Spring. I mean, that would be like a vodka ball, but I'm down. Well, you just you just put some molasses in it. It becomes you know. Oh, I mean, fucking like, around. <laughs> just just not even a rum ball. Just grain alcohol ball. Yeah. Just fucking 190 proof. Malt ball, malt ball. Yeah. Can you do it? Paul Can you make a Malta of cocktail ball, 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 with, ball. with 
with just ingredients mm. from donuts and a little bit of booze? Well, that or a sticky bomb. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's 100% oh, feasible. Yes. You got to talk to the you got to talk to the curator. So you, we'd have to get yeah. uh, we'd have to get Mrs. Hartgott on here to to see what she could actually cook up. So is the difference between it being napalm and a confection just how long it sits on the counter? I mean, a little ammonia will change everything. Well, Donut Wars 2019. <laughs> we are TMing that. We are, that's our mockumentary. Stay away, Amy, unless you want to pay us for it. This is a totally and then it's everyone's. Uh, it's going to be funny when they both sponsor the movie. Yeah. They're going to be like, you know what? No publicity is bad publicity. Let's what, see these well, assholes. Speaking of movies, <laughs> we're actually going to get on topic here. Never. Thank you, Chase. Never. <laughs> Thank you for supplying me with a segue from wherever the fuck that was going. On Topic Plus. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies, Disney <clears throat> released the teaser for the final um, Star Wars film, like the actual Star Wars. They're gonna, I believe, they're gonna continue to do like, like the Mandalorian and like series and things like that, like that are canon in the Star Wars universe. But the actual like main storyline for the third and final film in the last trilogy came out, and um, I saw it, and it was uh, interesting. But I think it looked okay. It looked kind of cool. I was I found myself a little confused because I feel like uh, the big reveal, which if it's, the the, the teaser is like a minute and like twenty six seconds or something like that. So I mean, not spoiling much. Um, it seems that Emperor Emperor Palpatine is going to be at least in it, or might be the antagonist on top of Kylo Ren. Spoilers: He's Ren's dad. No, he's not. Did you really spoil it? No. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Disney's pretty under wraps with that. It was it, 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 it was one of the things that was getting kicked kicked around really? is that raise of Palpatine. I mean, even mortal sperm. I don't know. Well, because well, well, I don't, and I so I don't know if you did. You ever read any of the extended universe stuff? Not much. A little bit, but not much. It's funny because effectively they're like, this is all hot garbage and fuck you and nobody remember this. And meanwhile, like everything that they've done outside of the fucking, the, 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 the Kylo Ren angry emo ninja guy is, oh, by the way, we're totally, we totally came up with this original thing that's an extended universe character. Like, oh, look, Thrawn's a fucking badass and here's the tide event, you know, but... So, um, one of the things that Palpatine, if you go in the extended universe, Palpatine had this deal where, um, the, you know, cause I actually go back at the Plagueis too, but this idea that effectively that the, if you're a Sith, at least if you, you're a practicer of the Sith, you can, uh, usurp someone else's body by way of the force. Like Orochimaru style? Yes. But he, so, but his whole thing was that he had like clone factories of himself. You know what? Mass, I think I did read a little bit about that, and they had like these little weird animals that like nullified the force. You'll slur me. Yeah. Which just goes to show how much of a weave that I remember that, and it's been 15, 16 years. <laughs> so, beyond that, we don't want to get too far in the Star Wars stuff. Um, Disney dropped their Disney Plus streaming service, um, which. They, they, they dropped the streaming service as opposed to the drop in successful marketing for any of the Star Wars films and toy sales. Yeah, well, they also did kind of say, like, well, we're going to cool off on Star Wars now because we're getting such backlash from it because they've pretty fucked, they fucked it up pretty bad. But um, 
They've they've announced their streaming service. Um, this is after the Fox Disney merger has finally become official, kind of globally. It's a thing. Um, it's gone through. So I don't have a lot of the details. I know one of the details was like they were going to have like a Simpsons only channel that was just going to stream. Yeah, I, I heard that, which is huge. I'm not sure if Simpsons is on Hulu currently, but obviously that that would be getting pulled immediately obviously right um you're gonna get i think they're gonna get they probably i'm sure they have the proper people and the channels in place to know the demographic that they're really going to get but they're gonna get people who have been alive and, and enjoyed the simpsons and even beyond that obviously with the star wars films going into the 70s but they're even tapping in someone like if someone like walked up to me and said are you a disney fan I would be like, immediately I'd be like, oh, yeah, kind of. But then thinking about all the titles that they have by themselves <coughs> and now officially owning all of 20th Century Fox, there's a lot more titles to that catalog. And I'm someone who's, I'm looking to get the Disney Plus streaming service now, someone who normally wouldn't, but. What what um what would bring you to it? Like what shows? The, Name off a few. I think that they are going to, if they're smart, they'll start doing original content for the streaming service. And just the idea of that, because I'm a huge Alien franchise yeah. uh, fan. Um, and obviously that's probably one of their uh, uh, Rushmore titles that Fox mm-hmm. has. But also you have different things. When it comes to seasonal stuff, I think if they do it smart, which I think they do, they're a big enough company, they got the proper people in place. You know, seasonal. What do they own? What is uh, Home Alone is a Fox film. Mm-hmm. So then guess what? You can have a Home Alone thing and you can do different original spin-off content the way Netflix does it for like a say a Stranger Things. Yeah. So you can do new, you know, new like add-on stuff like, oh, watch the first two Home Alones and then we're going to have a conversation with Macaulay Culkin and Daniel Stern. Check that out. They could go and that'll get, that alone would get me to get the service just for something gotcha. like that. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because they, they've they purchased so much and they've acquired so much with Fox. I mean, the Alien franchise just celebrated its 40th year, uh, 40th anniversary oh, yeah. um, last month, I believe. Now, they are already doing, like IGN, I believe, is doing this. Um, they're doing like fan-made Alien kind of isolation Um I don't want to say it's isolation, but it's like an alien themed, like it's a set in the alien universe, like separate stories, different um, studios are kind of putting out these. Some are animated, some are live action, but there's going to be six in all, I guess. I've seen two of them and they're pretty interesting, pretty good. But I mean, if Disney wants to, they just put like their best and brightest on that and you've revived the alien franchise, which honestly, as of late, has kind of like been, been pretty weak. There's um, still a. That's the thing that's so strong about like these franchises. Say the Alien franchise. Say the Terminator franchise. Obviously, you have a new Terminator coming out as well at the end of the year. Yeah. Please be that not fans. Please be not love here. the original films that drew them <clears> in <throat> with Terminator, the first one, and obviously the second one, and then the Alien, the Alien franchise with those first two. You get someone like me. I'm I'm I'll go see any anything. I'm gonna pay to see it. I'm gonna pay to see it. Absolutely. So and here's maybe a question too, because like the the, you know um, DC universe aside, like and and, like it's interesting to see the differences in approach, because Terminator and Terminator Two 
are really vastly, you know, like way different movies, just oh, like yeah. Alien and Aliens. And it's kind of funny because it's unintentionally the Marvel formula where it's like, hey, we have a we have a we have a cast of kind of common characters, but we're making a different movie every we're making a different kind of movie every time. Like you have the freaking stupid space, you know, like like Thor. You had the stupid space opera. You had the fan the high fantasy. I think thing. The, while the and, fans merge at, at some point, and there are people who are fans of both. I'm a fan of the Alien franchise, the Terminator franchise. I am at, not at all a fan of the Star Wars franchise. And that's not because... The only one I, I think I could only really remember watching Return of the Jedi when I was younger. I haven't seen any of the other films or really that one that I could remember cognizantly, like, in full. And that just isn't my wheelhouse. Yeah, I think most Star Wars fans are <clears throat> either older, like, like my age or older, or they're, like, really, really young and they thought, like, the Porgs were cute or something. Well, like, But even that, like, the, 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 the start, the, the most... The most I, I would almost say six, not successful because I don't know money wise, but Rogue One was the first like legitimately interesting. I mean, like one, and it's still a remake of the Magnific. It's basically a remake of the Magnificent Seven, but it was just it was such a different film compared to what a normal Star Wars. You know, like it's still it's still in the Star Wars setting but it's just such a different kind of tone of movie. Rogue One was really good. And yeah, even, even like, you know, like uh, Star Wars versus Empire Strikes Back versus A New Hope. I mean, like, you can still see all the frickin' uh, George Lucas kind of, you know, like George, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg hallmarks, and like, as far as pacing goes. I really hope they do, like, you talking about original stuff? I really hope they do that fucking crossover episode. Like in the Dark Horse comics, where fucking Han Solo and Chewie got lost in hyperspace and crash on Earth, and Chewie's actually the origin of the story of the Wookiee, and Indiana Jones finds the fucking Millennium Falcon like clapped out in the middle of the desert. See, if they're smart, they will do original content because <clears throat> yeah, you they could do an alien series. But you're, yeah, you're talking series. not not making up brand new IPs, like taking the IPs that you just obtained and then just. Expanding, or recontextualizing them, because I guess because you know, like even the like the fan, like it's you know, you talk about that the Star Wars fan films for the longest time were like the only place that you really got to do that, right? And it's kind of at least for the Star Wars franchise, and it's kind of interesting because now that Disney took them over, it's like they 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 missed out. They like they just don't know how to like internally culturally handle that. But isn't Star Wars is kind of unique because maybe maybe it's not that unique when you compare it to Alien. But with Star Wars, there's so many years between movies that the fans they them creating original content is kind of a way to keep it alive mm -hmm. in between movies. And I think with Star Wars, that was like George Lucas's baby, right? And then like Disney takes it over, and with Rogue One they hit the mark. With Solo, they I kind of felt like they missed the mark. I don't think it was as terrible a movie as some people kind of made it out to be but it, it wasn't a great movie by any means um, and I think it's like they they tried so hard and that's what this current trilogy that's going trilogy that's going on they're trying so hard to like to maintain like Lucas's vision and the feel of all of it and it's like you're not George Lucas and George Lucas is no longer interested in doing this like do what you did with Rogue, Rogue One and take it another direction, your own direction, and make it your own. Like you can't just be a curator because it's right. gonna decay eventually, and you don't have the elements to make it what it once was. Like 
that's because a lot of it is based on nostalgia. Like, go off into your own vectors, and I'm totally with Jesse on this. Like, create your new content. Create your new stories. You can borrow from the books and stuff like that, but make it feel like your film, not a George Lucas film, which is kind of what I felt they tried to do with this last trilogy. Yeah. Well, and then, like, it's, it's again, pantomime, because, like, um, did, did you see Vader? No. You, you have, no. You, you've, heard, you've heard about this, though, the whole, that whole thing, right? That fan... That fan what is it? So there's a, a Star Wars. You, there's a Star Wars YouTuber who has a very. You know, I, I, I'm trying to remember what the heck because I actually get to pull. This it's a it's thing. a fan film made. It's a fan film uh, that's made on YouTube, uh, essentially about Vader, and after he's kind of changed and mm-hmm. kind of what he did to get him to a new hope. Correct. Yeah. Well, it, because really, it's just it's just this one incident, and it's kind of leading. You know, and again, it's just it's. It kind of because one of the most potent areas and like they've done a lot with the comics too is that just like there's a whole bunch of stories you could tell about Vader just dealing with weird shit in space. Exactly, and they're on they're on like uh, they're doing chest compressions at least from an outsider's perspective who doesn't really know anything about the films and in the newer films just hearing the kind of fans because I have a lot of friends who are fans it sounds like they're doing chest compressions on the Star Wars universe right now and what they need to do is because people are still gonna that's the thing people are Star Wars fans they're still gonna go see the all the films it's like when you're cooking um like an old recipe like from like you know like your grandmother or something like that and they've passed away so they're not there to help you right like they're they're gone and it's like you're focused on all the little aspects and you're kind of what's coming out it doesn't taste exactly right and it doesn't taste even how you want it to taste and no one's really enjoying it that much because you focused on little aspects that weren't really important when you really just should have focused on getting the whole thing right and putting your own spin on it and doing it the best that you can not necessarily what's exactly written down on there yeah it's like there's no it's not so much like there's creativity going on it's like they're well, we got to maintain this feel and that, and then if we want newer, if we want newer and younger audiences, you know, we have to kind of pander to them a little bit, maybe, and you know, take on some maybe current issues, which I'm fine with doing that, but don't do it half-assed. Like, make your own show with an original kind of idea and 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 totally go that direction. Uh, Star Trek seems to have done that. Oh, Star Trek! Star Trek is eating shit right now. Why? What's, what's going on, with Star Trek? Um. So I don't know if you're, so I don't know if you're familiar with the whole again the whole debacle. So um, Star Trek was originally a property of um, was it American something networks the American Entertainment Network or something like the parent company of Viacom. So originally, originally like Viacom was kind of this controlling company, and you know like CBS and Paramount were all under the same parent. And uh, in contrary to every single other person on the entire fucking business world slash earth, the president of the company at the time and also the majority stockholder decided that the best thing that he could do was split up CBS from Paramount or Viacom (coughs) and rebuild both companies. And the problem is, is that um, CBS owned up, ended up owning all of the original rights the intellectual property of Star Trek. So all the character all the likenesses of characters, everything like that. So you can't use William Shatner Kirk or you know uh, Arthur Koenig 
check you know like or the original enterprise and it's like one of these things it's why they had to do the the jj abrams rebirth thing for the or the re- refresh for the movie is this similar Paramount- to how like so for more people that don't maybe know the star wars world why like uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in the Avengers movie had to be metahumans and not mutants. Yes, okay, this is exactly it. so. So effectively, you can't make a star. You can't make a Star Trek movie that references the original Star Trek. Gotcha. Like you can have somebody named Kirk, and it's like fucked up because effectively they had to create a new trademark to license to Paramount, and Paramount has to make it so that there is a twenty percent significant difference. <laughs> between mm-hmm. the original interpretation of something who and determines interpret- that percentage though well it's just it's it's yes it's well because there's a council, <laughs> I would like to be that guy there's a council along between lines there's that a council like, you're only at like- 17 and a half percent you gotta <laughs> there's a council of beings without uh, mouths or eyes who can hear your t- words and tell your lies but um and the thing is is that um cbs's streaming service cbs isn't producing that show it's Paramount. Paramount doesn't have permission to make a Star Trek series in, in the Star Trek universe, which is well, because like there's a whole thing right now, like um, Star Trek just like there's been just all this like weird fucking back politicking. Like Kathleen Kennedy got it, got it too over on the the, the Star Wars side, because that you know you're you're talking about the chest compressions thing, but yeah, it's like they, it's weird how much. Business politics bleeds, you know, like backroom business politics bleeds into these whole production things. Oh, yeah. Like because that's the what only it reason, boils down to. The only reason that Kathleen Kennedy is still kind of sitting in, in in where she is is not even because she knows people. It was because they didn't want to have a major internal corporate shakeup in the process of doing that Fox deal. So they kind of like promote they promoted her to a position that didn't have relevance. In the running of Star Wars, and they're trying to just—it's why it's why J.J. Abrams came back and all that. You know, it's like it's just that they're like, we let we we literally let. It's the I left the kids with the house for a month, and I came back, and half the house was missing, like not burned down. We just don't know where it fucking went. So, what other titles does Disney um, can Disney Sorry. monetize on oh. now from Fox? Uh, oh, actually, you mentioned Home Alone. Um, as far as um, franchises, I, I, there's multiple, I'm sure, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. But just thinking about another thing that would have me sold on getting this service mm-hmm. are those older films that I grew up yes. with. The Mighty Ducks, mm-hmm. um, the, the Disney special movies that they had around the holidays that you can't, they're either like out of print on a physical yeah. media standpoint or you think they just of, never released them because there's several of those that they think, never even released on a physical format you think song of the south is gonna get uh make its way onto the streaming service what was it song of the south what's that song of the south is is a testament to how just massively fucked up walt disney was was it like like a film that was controversial well, if um, we were to play so, it now or what is it well yes it's very controversial because it's it's a um there's a bunch of history to it, so it, it, again, it's the you're gonna have to forgive me because I'm not gonna I'm gonna be lazy and not look stuff up on my phone. So, um, Song of the South is a was it like something like Brer Rabbit and some, his adventures? Or, I've heard I've heard about this, but I, I'm Rabbit, like as far as knowing what the actual title is about, I'm, I'm so, unaware. Okay, so what what I, it goes I, back I to is that Brer there was Rabbit. a there was a there was a gentleman 
who was fostered by a plantation owner back pre-Civil War. Uh, well, you know, but uh, because you know he was a young he was a young boy at the time, and one of the things was that he would go back and talk with the slaves and their you know like their thing. And there was a, there was an older gentleman that kind of just took him under his wing and would tell him the stories of their people. And this gentleman, whose name is escaping me at the moment, basically is we're looking stuff up. So he uh, later on in life uh, wrote a book called Briar Rabbit and you know like basically the adventures of Briar Rabbit and friends and it is a retail it is kind of like a white colonial you know cultural appropriation of all these old uh you know like afro-caribbean folk tales because you know like the the Briar, Briar Rabbit is effectively the representation or you know like one of the representations of the like the, the trickster god yeah, Briar uh-huh. Rabbit and the Tar Baby was a... Um, yes, and I was, I was trying to avoid saying that. That's, where they, yeah, <laughs> that's, they what, made that's a, the origin of that term. Yeah, Briar Rabbit and the Tar Baby, they, they they wanted to fool somebody, so they just got tar, and they built a, what looked like a little boy out of tar. And apparently that's enough to confuse somebody that it's a real human <clears> being, because what the book suggests is that the, the average human can't tell the difference between a baby made out of tar and a black baby. Yeah. So it's something that Disney wouldn't want in their, you know, well, to, to, to no. resurface in their oh. portfolio. But, but Gunnar, I, I, I don't, don't mean to talk Sorry. over you here, but, but there's a lot of catalog stuff that's 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 current. Is what I'm trying to bring. Yeah, up. Not no, no, the backlog, no. not the back catalog stuff, not the stuff that they don't want to come back. I'm talking about Fox content. Oh, Fox content. Disney will immediately pull off of other places. Well, it's, One of them is Bob's Burgers, right? That's Fox. That's a pretty big show, right? Yeah. Bob's Burgers is that going to stay on the, the various platforms? What's it on now? Hulu, How ne- Netflix, it's on Netflix. It's on I Netflix. Believe, yeah. Are they going to pull that yeah, off of Netflix? Probably, or are they going to move it to Disney? I think well, it's a matter of time when they start the did, streaming did system Disney that all the buy Fox Marvel television. stuff goes. I think all, all no, because there was like a there was a weird thing because like the, the the news operation and stuff like that. I thought was still because actually Fox still technically has the. I, I, as my understanding was that Fox still had the rights for The Simpsons. That they weren't giving that. They weren't no, giving no, 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 no. The Simpsons right. now belongs to Disney. Okay. Uh, Family uh, Guy. Um, X Files is one. Uh, yeah, X Files. They own. They own the rights to X Files now. Strange uh, kind of Just to all of Gordon Ramsay's stuff. To to touch back, actually, it's funny <laughs> that we talked about the Alien and the Terminator franchises because obviously one of the marquee directors in both franchises is James Cameron, who did the uh, first two Terminators and Aliens. He also ha- owns the two top grossing titles of all time for fox which are number one avatar number two titanic and i know james cameron has been planning the multiple avatar sequels for years so is james cameron going to say you know what yeah we're going to do a limited theatrical release for avatar 2 when it comes out but you know what it's also going to drop on disney plus maybe when it comes out too yeah and this is the part that i'm curious about is fox.com going to go away and all the content's going to go to disney hey sorry just get a disney subscription well no because this is this is how they handle that so the you you go into details of so the like with your simpsons thing and it kind of gets it kind of gets into vagaries so fox tv actually got moved over to a new parent company that's still under the the control of Murdoch and his, his his crew. Oh, really? Yes. However, 21st Century Fox, or 20th Century Fox, which is the production studio that makes The Simpsons, got bought by Disney. But also the Fox Fox or Fox Broadcasting Company, or, or Fox Corp, 
still you know still has the yay or nay on whether the the, the Simpsons stay in production. So it's like so at this point we don't know. Fox.com will probably stay Fox. Around, com, so yes, Fox.com. Yes, yeah, so, so so because the Fox you know FX and stuff like that is not. It's these bigger titles. Trace what you were saying about these current the current stuff. Yeah, Deadpool, Deadpool two. Uh-huh. X-Men like that's well, actually, X-Men, one, one of the, the, one of the, the newer Planet <clears throat> of the Apes films mm-hmm. they could so guess what if they say hey guess what we got Ryan Reynolds signed on because we're Disney and we have the deep pockets Ryan Reynolds now doing a Deadpool TV show exclusive for Disney Plus and also oh you really like the Planet of the Ape the newer Planet of the Apes movies we're doing a TV show for that too well so they redid Deadpool 2 at the PG-13 um, who did Princess Bride was that a Disney title I don't know who owns like, Princess Bride I do not. Th- it might have been a 20th Century Fox title. I'm not sure because they made they made very clear references. Like Savage <clears throat> was sitting in the same bedroom as he was during the Princess. Maybe Bride. it was then. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that was all be, like. Right? A, yeah. It's either that or it's a company that maybe has gone defunct now. Well, that maybe actually, Fox. So this this is weird. Absorbed. Disney effectively owns Hulu now. That like makes our, sense because The Simpsons so is on Hulu. So is Hulu so. gone? Well, no. So so Disney Disney owns the controlling uh, Disney owns the controlling interest in Hulu at this point. Like, but is Disney Disney as a, a company that's is marketed themselves as a child's? You know, when you think of Disney, you think of animation. <coughs> you think obviously it goes deeper than that now that they own so much too. But are they going to put the Handmaid's Tale on the Disney Channel Plus? Like, think well, that's a little. Do you, or do you, or you do, do you bring back something like Miramax, or do you bring back the Miramax brand to kind of handle your? Oh, like, the Handmaid's Tale stuff might go part and partial if they get a Harvey Weinstein at the head of uh, a, a Miramax type company again. I guess that would all. Uh, I um I think that oh, I take that back. Disney does own FX, so they own Son if, of Anarchy, American Horror Story, all that stuff. If they're smart about. Um, how they do their content access, you know what I mean? Like with like Netflix does with the profiles, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like you can set up if they go into a little more depth with that. Like you sign in this profile, you have access to everything. You sign in this profile, you know, you have access to nothing but children children's content. And I'm sure Disney can pr- pretty easily like do that. So right, right. I do get um, that kind of dis. When you think of Disney, you kind of think of kids. But one thing that I th- I think that a lot of people forget. Because it's been so long since you went and saw a Disney movie, if you don't have kids or, or something like that, even the Disney movie that are you could say are mostly intended for children are still, I'd say, palatable to adults. Like oh, there's still some entertaining for that's adults. That's true, but if they released one rated R title, because when they pick up FX and FXX, they're picking up a lot of stuff that would be rated R if, well, it, no, were, but, uh, if it were released uh, in the theater. Does, sure. does it? Does it? Does it? Does that effectively solve the other problem, which is that if you want to bring an adult, if you want to do an adult brand. You just use F- you just use FX as the host for it because it's not it's not a Disney, yeah but it's not get a Disney, that Disney Plus well no but I mean like this FX already has an online FX already has an online access portal so I mean like have you know you downloaded it I well oh, no. I haven't downloaded Disney Plus none of us have no but I'm I'm <laughs> saying but the thing is is that the problem the problem with it is is the problem with that whole deal was is that you were depending on Fox to execute on something competently and that's not really their forte and. Disney, Disney is like Disney can literally just be here. Here is money, and we will murder your family if you don't make this work right. But we'll give this time. We'll, we'll give this time to sort out, and we can just wait you out. Because the thing is, is that it's 
you know we're kind of we're, we're we're kind of getting around it but it's like disney just has such a huge fucking back catalog of content that they can ne- tell netflix to eat shit i don't and think it's too difficult they, to be it. to have like three categories children only family and adults only right well, and then and I, I, but, 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 I, I, but you're I, describing every streaming service out there, sure. right? And that's why I'm saying, why would they do it under FX when they can do it under Disney? You know, usually when a company does a takeover, they rebrand, and it would make more sense for them to bring it into the Disney catalog, especially if they're, they're going to want to put Plus Disney service. on everything. A better they question is, how are they going to get Disney money? FX. How are they going to get your money through Disney Plus? And they're going to do that by bringing stuff that you're willing to pay for to watch. And if a lot of that is currently under the FX name, like I mean, American Horror Story, I don't know if they're done, but they got to be close. There's they another season. There's another, another season, season, left. season yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, <clears throat> I didn't really care for the last few seasons myself. I really liked it when it first started. So I don't know how many people would actually pay for it. Uh, my, my wife and I went from paying for it to waiting in a, a year until it was on Netflix because it just wasn't worth it for us. You know, it was just kind of a show that we'd watch if we had nothing else to watch. Whereas when it started, we really liked it. You know, the first one with the with the, the first season is definitely the, far and away the best. I, I like the Asylum the best personally. I like the Asylum one. Um, you might not like it because Adam Levine was in there, but <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But I really I thought the Asylum was the best one. They brought in you know they got kind of like the alien thing, the church thing. Um, but but either way, the first one was the first, right? There's no denying like to right. see something like that on TV. But that's to me. That's the type of content. I mean, it's gone. It's off the. It's it, they're, they're done making episodes now. But the league was on there. That was an FX show that eventually mm-hmm. moved to FXX. And there's another show I'm thinking of um, that's on FX. I can't think of it right now. But they've had a lot of content where I have actually gone to Amazon and paid for the episodes. I pay. I pay per episode or pay per season, and I'm able to watch them the same time as someone else. That to me seems like something Disney Plus would want to offer, because then somebody like me would say, "Oh shit, I'm looking. I spent ninety dollars last year on FX content, or I could just subscribe to Disney Plus. I'll get the kids stuff and the adult stuff." You know, I, you see what I'm saying? I think yeah, but I think what they're saying is. Disney's not going to want to rebrand and come up with a new title. People are just going to have to adjust to Disney not kind of being a kid's company anymore. That's what and I'm I curious about. I think that's about. where they probably want to get because then they're covering all those demographics. Like you said, you could get the Disney Plus subscription now. And guess what? You you can cancel a few different other subscriptions because I, I think a lot of people have several. Like that's I where I several. see it happening, but I also am curious how they're going to pull it off because they've historically been associated with kid-friendly content. Exactly. And, and as soon and as I hear Disney Plus, there is a part of me internally and like deep deep rooted that kind of cringes and like I don't want the yeah. Disney Channel. Like I don't want that shit. Like but the fact is is that if they do make some pretty cool shit, like dude, the Alien franchise. I don't know if any of you guys have read the books, but like there's a whole they could do a really really cool space above and beyond esque type show with the aliens franchise like a war oh yeah like a war chronicle like a platoon almost seasons and seasons of it there's plenty of of there's plenty of content that they could really do and i, I mean on that alone i would probably just get disney plus because that's something that i'd be really into if it was done well three of the big immediate ones is someone who's a horror and (laughs) sci-fi fanatic still buy guess what every 10 years when they put on a new 10th anniversary alien guess what 
I'm a sucker. I'm mm-hmm. gonna get it. Same with thing. Guess what? When they after the new Terminator gets released and they release another new box set that has a bunch of different content on it, I'm gonna get that too. But these are also the same assholes that wouldn't allow you to buy a VHS tape of a Disney movie for fucking years, like 10 years. Yeah. You're just looking for a VHS tape of something, and they just wouldn't sell it. And you had to wait, 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 wait until they finally re-released it. And then you could finally go out and get a copy. Mm-hmm. Until then, I mean, do, do, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, like The Little Mermaid, for example. I remember waiting years, and there was no way to get it unless you found somebody with a used copy at a garage sale. I think Lucasfilm did the same thing with Star Wars. Yeah. Like, where they wouldn't release it on DVD for the longest amount of time. Well, you can't, you, yeah, I'm, I'm actually waiting to see if they cave and they do a prop now that they have Fox under their wing. Well, actually, they own. Well, no, they, because they, now that they have Fox under the wit, they have they own they own the rights to the original trilogy, and supposedly there was this whole thing where Lucas d- destroyed the masters for the original take. But I can't see that like there's not some sitting around. Of, well, I'm I guess really where I'm going is that do we do we get like premiere fucking unspecial edition releases of the original trilogy? If they're smart, they need to go that route. And if they are really... Because streaming services, to me, their goals now are to effectively sniper out physical media. Mm-hmm. Because Netflix is having... Like the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt. I read the... Well, it's one of the first books I ever read it, it, get on my own that wasn't, uh, you know, assigned. given to me. Yeah, assigned. Yeah. Um, and I immediately, the day it came out, I was prepping for weeks. It was just like going to the movies, except mm-hmm. I didn't have to go, and I didn't have to give a movie theater money. But I like the movie movie theater experience, too, but they're they're trying to get away from that as well. The um, Which, that I think is a result, right? Yeah. I think it's a result of, of the demand. When you have a 60-inch television at home that's 4K and a surround sound system that sounds great from any part of your room... The theater experience doesn't really offer much more than you'd have at home. Well, there's no gamble with it, right? Like, whenever you go to the theater, you kind of gamble a little bit. That you could be sitting near some people that are inconsiderate mm-hmm. and, you know, talk throughout it or bring their you child that's you far too pause. young to be there screaming and crying. And you paid for the ticket. Yeah, you You're can't pause. Of, you feel rude getting up to pee. I don't know about you, but when I drink two fucking gallons of soda i gotta pee in the middle of a fucking movie yeah but they tell you not to you know i mean i understand if it's a dance recital and you wait until the recital's over because they're two minute fucking dances what do you do during a movie do you just happen to be able to see forward in the people movie still, and know did you, did you, did you people moment? get up i went and saw the uh the new adaptation of pet cemetery and people had got up and there was gonna go but it, it all goes to genre though because guess what? People who go into, let's say, a, a dramatic movie or like a new Medea movie, they don't really. There isn't like a theater atmosphere that someone like craves to go see there. What to to like deal with? You know, underage kids like crying and yelling and people getting up to urinate and things like that. With a horror movie, people have more buy-in mm-hmm. because they like being in a in a theater with a bunch of people. And then, like, people like being scared. There's a different community. And that's why, like, horror physical media and things like that, people are still buying it. Guess what? They put out Best Buy and and FYE, two dying companies. Again, they're getting chest compressions. They've released special editions of the 1989 Pet Cemetery, And guess what? It was $30. And guess what? I got one. Four or five of my friends all went and got it as soon as it was released. But even even no, with the physical no brain, versus no pain, 
<laughs> no brain, no pain. Even with Cut a physical too. versus yeah. versus uh, electronic ownership, you still have issues with Disney Plus. And and I, I'm going to explain this. Disney's made the majority of their money off of selling permanent copies of their movies or selling tickets to watching it once. Now Disney's going to say, "Hey, we have a streaming service. Come get whatever the hell you want." For one fixed price of you know thirteen dollars per month, and you can watch whatever you want. You know what won't be on there is every fucking back catalog of Disney. Just like because nobody can afford that, not even Disney. The demand for people to buy it is actually higher than thirteen dollars a month if it comes to their to lining their pocket. They'll offer Toy Story two. They're not going to offer Toy Story one through three. Well, you see what I'm saying? Unless they, they come up with possibly. a tiered pricing situation. Oh, like so you, you want think it, it'll be like 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 fifty dollars a month? You get the whole back catalog. You get everything, fifty bucks a month. You get everything we ever made. You have access don't, to the entire. Don't you catalog. think people are going to be pissed because they already bought it? I mean, I, I don't think they want to spend fifty a month. I think they're trying to get away from the fifty. I don't think a month you fees. have to do fifty a month. I think if they do it where you can select what you want, guess what? You can get Disney Archive, older Disney films, and older Disney thing things. You can get Fox Archive. You can get all these films for that. You could get just you could just get six ninety nine. You could get the Disney Children's Channel. With this, does Disney become the new cable? Like where they're just it's like if an it alcohol does, thing so where it's like and wait. This is what I'm scared of. Number one, the way that the licenses are written with iTunes and with Amazon, they can revoke your license of anything that you've purchased. They can legally do it. Uh, They've only done it a couple of times. Freaking Microsoft with that whole ebook shit that they just pulled, where they literally literally just deleted people's libraries and said here. Give us, give us a call. We'll, we'll try and get you a gift card to make up for it. There was a class action lawsuit, and I think, I don't know who, I think it's DreamWorks. Who does prep and landing? Do you know who does that? Prep I don't think it's landing. Disney. I think it's DreamWorks. But DreamWorks is defunct, though, right? I don't know. No, I mean, like, they still have to do. They did Shrek, right? Yeah. I know they're, they're still. I don't know, but. The prep and landing is an example. Um, it might even be a Fox production. But prep and landing was something that uh, brought a lot of viewerships on the... Um, Common you, Sense Media? Common Sense uh, Media. No, prep, prep, prep and landing is a computer... Uh, the, the, the Disney Animation Studio. Oh, it is yeah. Disney. Okay, well, there you go. And what happened is um, during the season, <clears throat> during the Christmas <clears throat> season, prep and landing is is broadcasted on i don't know who they were partnering with let's let's say it was fox i don't know who it was they were they were partnering with one of them the problem was is that you would have to actually sit down in front of your tv at like 8 p.m on a saturday in order to watch it so what people have done is they're like you know what screw screw this syndicated tv bullshit I've been watching Prep and Landing every year with my kids. I'm just going to go on Amazon and pay them 10 bucks, and I'll never have to worry about sitting down in front of the TV at a certain time or setting the DVR. Well, what happened was Amazon actually pulled the licenses for Prep and Landing while they were being aired uh, uh, <clears throat> live. And then they gave the licenses back when they were done being aired. And it was done on accident. They claim it was done on accident. What they meant to do is they meant to prevent the purchase, which is just as fucked up. They didn't want anybody buying it to avoid having to sit down in front of the tea at a certain hour. But what they accidentally did was they took the licenses away from people who had already bought it. But the, the interesting part was they actually have a right to take it, take it away. They have a right to take away your permission to watch something that you had purchased. You had actually paid money to be able to watch forever. They have the ability to take it back away. And that's the part that I find a little bit weird. No matter what tier of Disney that you're at, the ownership of it is gone. Well, this is and this is the fight that's on the horizon. That frankly, 
scares me in the regard that this is the fight we lost with privacy. Like, no one had questions when all the Alexas were being put out and your cell phone was, you know, active. No one really questioned it. It's, ah, it's no big deal. Like, look at the technology we have with all this now. This smartphone. Like, look at all this shit. The, the ends justify the means and the positives outweigh the negatives. But now we're in a situation where anybody can listen to you essentially whenever the fuck they want, if as long as they have enough money, right? And there's no fighting it now because it's already been jammed in. So this is something that is kind of scary because, and I'm really glad you brought it up, Trace, because it's this is going to go through because I myself hear Disney Plus and fanboy out so much thinking of a potential Aliens fucking series Mm -hmm. that I would pretty much do anything to have have made and done well. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, fuck the licensing. Who cares? Just give it to me. Here's my money. Take it. Right. So, you know, so to answer your question, um, Comcast owns DreamWorks now so that but like dreamworks animation but the the, the NBC, and again so really there's only there and now there are only three and it's comcast and it's disney and then you have the dark horse in this whole thing that nobody's fucking riffling around and again it's like funny how they were all in bed together but so hulu is now owned by disney comcast and again the dark horse at&t hulu's owned by all three Yes, well, because it was it was a partnership. It was okay, there, gotcha. but, but but I mean, like you have your online, and I think Netflix is Netflix is the only actual just streaming Same service because Vudu is kind of like a partnership between all the movie studios. Which Who owns HBO? Is that AT and T as well? Yes. Yeah. No, they say AT and AT and T kind of like his kind of like because they bought up the old Time <clears throat> Warner catalog, right? Well, yes, they bought they bought Time Warner, and Time Warner had purchased uh, Turner. At the like the, at the start of the two thousand. So what are some of these two thousand one? It actually closed because that's when, and I only know that because I'm a huge WCW wrestling fan. And, yes, and that, and that, that, that is that, officially when the Vince mer- McMahon the bought end. the end the bought end this good. subsidiary of WCW from Turner before it was. So Jesse, you know a little bit more about this AT and T. You and Gunner probably are more um, knowledgeable than Trace and myself. Talk a little bit. If they are actually a viable dark horse, and what's going to kind of potentially bring them into the ring where they can actually make a fight with Disney? It it will be for one reason and one reason only, HBO. Yeah. Why? Because HBO, you can say whatever you want about Netflix, you can say whatever you want about Hulu, original content, HBO is and will always be the king, the crowned king on top of the mountain of original content. Huge landmark not movies because they because the movies really isn't their focus, but TV shows, The Wire, The Sopranos, even random shows that you wouldn't think there's a huge fan base for, but there is. The Artists, Wire, The, the Wire is actually Sanders a good show. example of that. Yeah, The Wire is a good example of that because The Wire actually didn't get good ratings when it was originally on the air, but over the years, it's it's become like the like the gold standard of crime. Well, dude, look who, look how many careers Oz launched. Exactly. Like I mean, like. And Oz wasn't this... Oz was popular when it first came out, but not nearly as... It was a launching pad for Edie Falco for... Oh, God, I'm forgetting his name, but he on he went to see a uh, special victims unit. I just know him as Elliot Stabler. Yeah, Stabler. He wouldn't be doing rape um, kits if it were The guy that was Oz. in the Matrix, the guy that's in the wheelchair. Like, 
like that that alone. But like it does seem like when you when you talk about HBO, even their their quote unquote flops. Like there was a show called Hung, right? Mm-hmm. No one probably references it, remembers it. But was it Aaron Eckhart was in yeah, that? Yeah, right? uh, yeah, and the, um, Actually, the guy that played the Punisher in the really bad Punisher movie with John Travolta. Oh wait, no, it was Thomas Jane. Then. Thomas Jane. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess Even that, though, was good. Like, it was still pretty good. So they haven't named it yet, but yes. So I'm looking at an article from, uh, Mar- like, the, the beginning of March, specifically about the restructuring that's going on at Warner Media. Mm-hmm. And yes, AT&T is coming out with their own competitor for Disney+. Disney Plus. And I think that they are going to, like, because uh, same thing with, it, even though it's not as big <laughs> as it was 20 years ago, wrestling's huge again. It's huge, but and it's in its own... Uh, kind of uh playpen and if they can if they could somehow do the sports because they do their tnt is doing the is doing the nba playoffs right now if they could do a sports tier where you can watch all your live sports including basketball and wrestling and i i couldn't i can't imagine cable being around much longer and I will be glad the day I never have to pay a Spectrum. But the thing is, though, is is it any cheaper now? Like, no. everybody's talking about the day where cable's gone. But besides, you know, being stuck with standard definition content or well, high the, definition uh, content, you know, cable's always kind of been behind the curve when it comes to um, the quality of, of the content. Besides, besides that, was it really that bad of a deal that they were offering? You could get a lot of different channels. The, I think the, the, the biggest pain in the ass with cable, and the reason that, that people really wanted to get away from them, even though they didn't say it, they, they always made it sound like, sound like they were cutting the cord because they wanted to save money. But in reality, they just didn't want to be burdened with watching TV when the cable company said that they should. And <clears throat> the cable companies are trying to work around that by with all the on-demand content. It's still not that bad of a deal, though. If you think about Netflix this month is going up to 13 bucks, right? HBO is at, what, 10 11 Yeah, like, and I, I hear what you're saying. I think with the difference that, and that something that kind of plays into it from my personal experience, when people talk about cable companies, I think like one of the things that people think about is they dick me around. Like, why do I have a different fucking bill than my buddy that lives two blocks away, but because he's a better negotiator than I am... I'm paying fucking 20 bucks a month more a month and they're telling me to go shit my hat and they're giving him, you know, even more stuff. Like a good example is I have a great kind of deal here with Spectrum because I'm a prick and my mom is not quite as big a prick as me and she's paying like $60 or more for significantly less, for slower internet, for way less channels. Like with Netflix, you don't have this Jim gets one price, Sam gets another, Jill gets another. It is, this is the price, fucker. You pay it or you don't want it. Like, but it's is, one or the other. But isn't that more of a problem with the service that they offer? If the electric company told you what devices you could and could not use inside your house, you'd fucking hate them, right? If they charged you more to turn on your refrigerator, charge you more to turn on your fan, the cable company really should only ever have been a company that just delivered a line to your house. And then you can go through whoever you want for your content. The problem was is technology made that very difficult. When they first started out, they were using certain certain you know bandwidths on side of that on that cable line for you to watch your TV. But it's been digital for years now. And what's even weirder is is now that it's digital, people are like, well. F- Fuck using the cable line for TV. I'm going to use my internet for TV. So it's actually going to be like multiplexed twice because now it's going through. It's going from a cable protocol to an internet protocol to a TV protocol, right? And people are fine with that. But and yet they do get more of an a la carte, right? And but but the problem is is that the company that's billing you to keep the line hooked up 
is also the company that gets to decide how much it's going to cost for you to consume your services. And that's strange. When you don't do that with power, it's how much power you use. You can use what you can use the power for whatever you like, right? That's kind of where it's gotten strange. But but my, the point that I was trying to make is that is it any cheaper? Is are you really spending less money now? I don't I think, think I think it depends. I think you are, because if I wanted access to, I when I first got cable my new my new apartment four years ago. I signed up for, uh, it was still, it was before it was Spectrum. It still wasn't Spectrum yet. It was Time Warner. They told me, okay, well, for everything you, what do you want? And I said, well, throw HBO in there, your standard cable package, HBO, and make sure I, I get a couple of these other random channels. Okay. Well, your cable bill is $209 now. I go, well, no, I'm not doing that. Um, well, your internet's, your internet's really good if your cable's, for this price, it's a good. I go, nope. I go, if I'm paying over $100, I don't want to do it. Okay, well, we'll take away the, we could take away HBO and this and this and this and then, and, and it could be $100 with your, with your internet. And I said, okay. And guess what? It was a year after that. They didn't tell me, and I, I know I, I should have thought about it, but a year later, it goes up $75. Why? Oh, that was only for 12 months. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, no one said that to me. Right. And I didn't look into it because I, I was just trying to get internet and cable set up. Mm-hmm. What did I do? I got rid of it. Uh, got rid of uh, all. Uh, I went to Sling for probably eight, nine months. And that was so ineffective. Sling is the, I wouldn't recommend Sling to anyone. Um, and then, so what did I do? I went back to spec. It was Spectrum at this point. I still had their internet. And I said, what can I get? Because I'm paying eighty dollars for a month for internet right now. What can I get to get a few channels that I want? Mm-hmm. Well, you you got to get this package. It's forty dollars a month. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, actually, we're running a deal. Oh, you're telling me about the deal now that I was just gonna hang up on you? Well, well, you can select ten channels, right? And it's only twenty dollars, mm-hmm. and it's on our. And you can, I've heard great things about it, actually. Yeah, which is great, except you can't change your channels after that point. Oh, yeah. So I guess maybe the thing is that we talk about cutting the cord. Like, that's really hyperbole because there really isn't a way to cut the cord at this. You know, like, we talk about... No, we talk about your 5G uh, well, no, no, but, streaming but no, all your shit from a cell well, tower. But, yeah. but even that, like, you know, so, so like, we talk, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be funny. We'll see if things shake up because supposedly Starlink is start, Starlink is starting to go up here, like, in a couple months. What's Starlink? Tell Starlink us. is Tesla's, uh, uh, Elon Musk, uh, Earth-orbiting ISP system. Oh. But, so... Um, Maybe back to your original. So AT&T owns Warner Brothers, but they also own DC Comics. So they have all of that back property too. And it's just, it's effectively because, yes, Disney is the only major media company that doesn't also own the ISP, but they have a huge media broadcast wing anyways. But yeah, so AT&T's got DirecTV. They have their private wireless service. They have, actually, that's one of the things that they talked about after the buyout from Time Warner was supposedly they were getting instructions that like the newer HBO series they wanted to optimize them for plotting. You know, like there were there were there was some discussions like, can we get some content on HBO that's optimized for view times on mobile phones? Now, AT and T, you said owns DC, right? Yes, DC's launching their network, or I think it may have, it, it had already it's already launched. Yeah. And you guess what? I'm gonna get 
I'm gonna get that. And I don't. I'm not a comic guy at all. But guess what? They're I'm a huge in, Swamp Thing fan. Well, and there's get, a Swamp Thing original series coming out. They're really. They're. They really have had way more success on like like serialized content than so more. When it comes down to the question of, is it really cheaper? I don't think it is. When it comes down to it, and you think like about all the streaming services you get, and it adds up, and you're like, okay, I could be paying that for that. But you're getting your. To an extent, you're pretty much cherry picking what you want. And kind if I'm of. paying two hundred dollars for streaming services, and guess what? I can go to the DC. Kind of, but you just paid for DC for one show, right? You just paid for Disney for potentially one or two shows. It, and you add these up, right? So Amazon Prime, first of all, everybody pretends like it's free because during Christmas time they want the free shipping, but we're paying per month for that service. And maybe they bill you well, annually. Well, that, it's that, bucks. Yeah, bucks. It's that in the bucks blood to, of Amazon workers is, is, is providing a sustenance. That and, goes and, into your cable bill. That's your, that's in 2019, that hundred bucks a year is part of your cable bill. Most people I know have Netflix, right? 13 bucks a month. That's part of your cable bill. At least during Game of Thrones season, everybody's using HBO. They may not be paying for it. They might be stealing a login from their friend, but they do that's have, what I do. yeah, but they have an HBO. So if you are actually being honest to the cable company and paying them money, which I'm not either, I'm borrowing a login as well. But if I were, then I would be paying that as well. Um, my wife and I right now, we're going through Showtime's catalog. They have an excellent catalog they just have a new uh, a new um season of shy came out um which is a great series about quote-unquote shy rack um chicago um we're watching um uh smilf right which that just got canceled for political reasons but it's a pretty good show um you got billions you got uh um uh, Homeland, right? You got a really good back catalog, and that that service costs money every month. And that's just the stuff that, that that my wife and I watch. We don't do sports, so we don't have a subscription to some type of sports network. I think right now YouTube is doing the right thing. YouTube has more of an a la carte system, which is kind of like you're talking about with with Time Warner. You pick your ten channels. YouTube's offering something like that right now. That, to me, seems like a way to cut the cord, but how many of those other services, whether it's Amazon or Netflix, do people just pretend like they're not paying for? Your bill, it's... It, I'm, because I have the it's lowest, only $9.99 here, right, $13 right. here. But but you got to remember that that 60 bucks a month is still there for your cable connection. I'm paying 60 bucks a month for the, the bare minimum cable connection. When people were upset paying 120 a month, half of that fee was just to connect to the internet. So I really do wonder if it's cheaper. I think what people like now is, is you don't have to get into an argument every time you cancel. If you're just like, oh shit, I don't have any money, I'm gonna cancel fucking HBO, I'm gonna cancel Netflix, you just do it. You don't have to worry about talking to a Time Warner rep. I think that the perception of evil overshadows the cost of the product. I don't think that cable was that bad of a deal. For all of the channels that you got, I don't think it was that bad of a deal. I think it was the fact that- It was that, the pushing- Like it, Wade the, said, your neighbor's paying $30 less a month, right. And then when you call and cancel, they try suckering you back into it to keep well, in their service. It, it's, it's that dishonesty in the service, which is why I think if they were more like an electric company, they just charge you to be connected. Well, they didn't care how you use it. The other then you really wouldn't care. You'd be like, ah, eh, internet's internet. But with, uh, let's say, two hundred, you just pay $200 a month or what it would have been, $210 a month for a, a pretty nice premium package from Spectrum, guess what? On that, I also can't go watch The Simpsons whenever whenever I want. 
I also can't. Right. I have the WWE Network. I paid ten dollars a month, and guess what? Right. I can go right. watch WrestleMania three. I can watch a Monday Night Raw from nineteen ninety seven. I can watch Hollywood. I can watch three but, or but four. But that's only different. true. But that's only true for certain networks. HBO Go is built on the idea that you already have cable. Right, Showtime right, anytime right. is built on the idea that you already have cable. So, although that works for their Cartoon Network, the Cartoon Network's app is based on the idea you already have cable. So they've kind of already fixed the problem of the on-demand television. Right, it, right. It might not necessarily work for you, but I, my point is, is that like that two hundred bucks a month. I think people are still kind of doing it. Yeah, in yeah. their own weird way. Mm-hmm. They haven't them cutting the cord didn't necessarily bring down the amount that they're spending per month like they thought that it did. Right. And I say this, I cut the cord ten years ago. Right, maybe a little bit less, but but my son's eight, and I believe it was the year he was born. So I guess I guess eight years ago I cut the cord, and my original there was this whole return on investment. How I was going to be able to you know get all this money back? But after you add up the the Netflix, which is constantly going up, the Amazon Prime, which is constantly going up, and if I paid for HBO and Showtime, it it might have been better to say yes to that ninety dollars that ninety dollar a month offer that the cable company gave me. But as you said. You may have been all right with that, but the fact that you have the shady dealings with the the other guy on the line that says, right. "Well, let's see what we can do. Let's let's you know." It, just, it takes to... away le- the legitimacy of your bill, like right. when you can somehow catch somebody on the right day to mm-hmm. get your bill yeah. lowered for a full year. Yeah, I mean, add all that together, and, and that, it's goes, like... that boils down to the per- other person on the phone. I've had them say, "I've called and said I'm canceling," and they would go, "Okay, we'll just do this and this and this." Most of the time, they're saying it's someone on the other line saying, "Well, you don't want to cancel." Well, no, I want like on a service at a decent price, and which I'm never going to get. This is also like so. the thing like you're painting cable like most of it. There's there's commercials that you're forced to watch, so it's yeah you're you're paying someone to advertise which, to you, which you still get with some of the services anyway. It you depends don't get with on Netflix. where you go. Netflix, you don't. Netflix, you don't. But if you use an Amazon device with Amazon Prime, they advertise before every single show that you watch. That's something interesting. They don't do it if you go like on their on the website and do it. But if you have like a Fire TV, they subsidize the price because that's a pretty expensive little box, little Fire Stick or whatever. They subsidize the cost of that by jamming content down your throat. Um, they also get referrals. So like right now, uh, uh, some of like the other network shows are, are showing up before I get to select my show because they get the referral. Uh, they get the kickbacks from the referral. But there are some 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 of them that that do play commercials. Um, any of the um, any of the streaming services that you're allowed to get to from your cable provider, you still you still have to do it. So like through Fox.com, your um, uh, CBS all uh, all access and stuff like that. They advertise, you know. They still do, but I guess to that point, you're getting them through your cable provider, so it's no different than if you right. were just watching it through the cable provider. Yeah. So at this point, I think Columbia slash Sony Pictures is the only one that's not owned by a fucking media. You know, the conglomerate. Well, like a a a, 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 a ISP slash television conglomerate. True, but they don't. They don't. They also make every Blu-ray that we watch. Yes. So you watch <laughs> Blu-ray. I still buy physical media. Still I, I, older movies that I already own multiple copies of. I don't even have a way to play a Blu-ray. Really? No. My Xbox will play it. I have no way to play a Blu-ray. We actually we went to Redbox he just and we got it on a his Blu-ray and spins it really fast. Yeah, we got a Blu-ray. I tried popping it in the SuperDrive on my Mac. It wouldn't read it. Yeah, you have to buy a. 
a separate Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have no way to play a Blu-ray in my house. But it's only been once that I've ever wanted to. Well, physical media has kind of been... I wouldn't say it's not dying, but it's definitely it's turned into like a niche almost type that's, of type of thing, right? That's what it is. It's all about they don't at not at this point people who create a physical product of music of a movie. It's more so a marketing ploy. Like perfect example, I mentioned that I had bought the 30th anniversary of 19, the 1989 Pet Cemetery. Because they released it with a new steel book with uh, art that was on a vinyl record that they put out the vinyl score of um, in 2013, I think, and I bought that as well. It it is 100% like a niche type mm-hmm. uh, thing. Everything is. But you want to know why? Vinyl is too. Yesterday was record store day. Guess what? I I haven't been to a record store day in a few years because. I kind of went through a craze where I was buying vinyl left and brand new vinyl. I was buying everything vinyl because I was just so pumped that it was like back and stuff. And this is like 10 years ago. And I was buying brand new stuff on vinyl. Brand new bands putting out, you know, vinyl digital download, vinyl digital download. They started that about 10 years ago where they were really pushing that. And I kind of got away from CDs and I still buy, if I really like a band and I really like, and, and guess what? If I'm going through my, my CDs and I'm like, I don't. I don't own that Ozzy solo album. I need to go on eBay and buy it for a dollar, and then it gets sent in a few days. I still buy that stuff because at some point, guess what? Maybe, maybe not for a long time. But what happens the day you go to, to get on your iTunes and then everything's gone? And they say, well, there was some really big issue, and there was a. a sorry, it's gone. What? Well, here's a, here's a yeah. Like here's a good example, um, because I don't think this is. This could be far off. This is maybe a trajectory, maybe in another dimension, it'll we, be like this. But fifteen years from now, when the Kevin Spacey shit happens, and they're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. we're just gonna erase everything exactly. he ever did, so we no longer well, carry Kevin Spacey. It's I, like his career you, never mattered." We're, we're talking about this theoretically. We really like House of Cards. We're talking about this theoretically. I, I we we kind of had this come up a bunch of times. Like this is this is par for the course on the gaming side of things. Like fucking the de- Deadpool games, you can't buy them. You have to find. You have to try and find a physical copy. No one lives forever. I mean, like you know, it's just shit disappears. And if somebody doesn't, you know, like if there's a rights issue or something like that, it's just well, fucking, fucking good luck. Because and that's you have kind to of an example it. of why maybe me- <clears throat> physical media should should not be dead. Like because if you really want to own something, the only way you're going to be able to guarantee you owning it forever is if it's a physical copy. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. After time, everything degrades, but it's. Listen, there are still VHS tapes that work. You know what I mean? Like there are still. To me, that there's a good chance, right? That the digital copy is going to be destroyed. We talked about the the uh, the prep and landing example, mm-hmm. but to me, it's actually there's actually a greater chance that you simply won't have access. That it's there, you still own it. You just don't have access. That to me is like let's say you're. Um, <clears throat> Maybe maybe Tesla's going to fix us by putting satellites above our heads and we all have internet everywhere. But if you go camping, right, and you want to watch a movie, how do you watch that movie without... Dump it, dump with, it to your hard drive. Without a Netflix, right? Netflix requires an active connection. Now, what you can do, Netflix is fucking awesome. I love Netflix. They allow you to download most of their content is offline. Apple just made an announcement that they will allow you to download 100% of their original content off, offline. And that's pretty cool. So what that means is that 
you can download it when you do have an internet connection and then when you don't you can watch it but it's still a temporary license to that content if you get a new iPhone you get a new iPad it's not like that episode's going to make its way over at some point in time you're going to lose your quote unquote uh, personal copy of that and uh, and you'll have to go back out to the cloud to grab it so let's say that iTunes decided that they wanted to ban your account right maybe use the same Apple account for your podcast that you do uh, to connect in and download your content and you get banned how do you get that ownership transferred right how do you get the stuff you own even though you've been banned for something else it's this whole idea that you have an online presence right and that online presence is the gateway to everything that you consume Apple may ban you because you decided that you want to spam your podcast to a few people but does that mean you can't sign it all sign in at all to all the stuff that you actually paid money for and you bought yes no, I mean, it, like, there, there's, um, I mean, uh, again, it, it's, it's funny how people throw shit, you know, the, the, although the, the scumbag chuckle fucks who actually run things are a little less, a little less vague about hiding their intentions, but you know, like it's the, it's the Chinese social credit thing. I mean, um, I know people who were tangentially involved in sex work that like lost access to all of their Google accounts. So like right. anything, you know, I mean, like it just, it just, just as part, like wasn't even directly related to mm-hmm. what they were doing. But as soon as that Sesta Fospa thing came through, it's, it's like they're fucking, hold on. they're fucking dirty. Go into like, like a little more detail about this. So there are people who like just were tangentially involved in like and it's something that like by the terms of the the festa what is it festa soap uh, the you, you know you know as i as i as i look to our guest like he's the guy responsible for knowing things <laughs> so there was a, there was a series of online or a series of laws passed a couple of years back that basically were for like the prevention of, of, of traffic. Yes, or, okay. okay, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. But but you know like there's been a lot of issues because effectively the, the, there's there are the you know they kind of get tagged as the handmade laws because there was the the way that they were worded was fucking massively vague mm-hmm. so that it could be used to their own impunity it's kind of like how britain's doing the great britain wants to push the great firewall so that they can basically their 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 intent is they're going to whitelist the entire internet in the uk and if you have something that falls on their naughty list you have to go and buy a special card to prove that you are a person of legal age to access this on that. Gotcha. Which means that they're watching everything that you do online. But so Festa was this, you know, and again, it's like there's, there's, there's been multiple fucking ramifications and fallouts from how shitty that law was. But it, because the, the thing is, is that it's one of the, it's one of the reasons like a lot of um, queer oriented content or, you know, like, LGBT content mm. is getting demonetized or channels deleted on YouTube. Um, it's why the whole big Tumblr purge came through. But uh, this particular person, they had like so their PayPal got wiped. Uh, Venmo, they took all. They basically they just seized the money. They lost access to all of their Google accounts. So like if they had anything in Google Drive, that's if it wasn't backed up, it's gone. And so that because they were. Involved in sex work? Or? Well, they just they, they just they just wrote about it. They were, they, 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 you know, like again, it wasn't because they were there. You know, again, it, it wasn't. Do you remember like, we did an episode on the uh, the CP in Pokemon um, yes, being yes, combat yes. power? Mm-hmm. But the artificial intelligence on YouTube 
assumed that it was child the CP stood child for child pornography right. and they all got shut down. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so something like this. Like, yeah, where it's just it's, it's just, just because it was closer or it was something I was written about or reviewed or however, whatever, or they did like an expose on it. They are immediately lumped in with it and then it, it, it is it is a it, yeah, so basically the criminal justice system is based on the premise of innocent until proven guilty. But they're a lo- they're deliberately are passing they're they are structuring the legal environment on the internet that you are inherently guilty until yeah. you can successfully prosecute your innocence and that may take like three or four years and right. it's also how long you have t- time to fight this shit right and you know it, it's it's it, yes the, the 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 new model of the new model of the digital mille- you know the, the digital millennium i.e. the twenty first century is eat shit and die. And maybe not die, but still eat shit. So let's talk about media. Yeah, um, sorry. Blu-ray is one that I haven't jumped on board with yet because I don't have a way to play it. Also, most of my content that's 1080p or 4K, I just grab it on the internet. How long do they keep making Blu-ray drives? Until they come up, until they successfully come up with another format. Because I think, I hope Blu-ray is the end as far as the last format that they make. Because honestly... Blu-ray can't do 4K, right? Yeah, Blu-ray can do 4K. They you got to buy a 4K Player. to get true 4K. Now you could take a four. Is it all on one disc too? They can fit it on one disc. So you could get, you can play a 4K disc on a regular Blu-ray player. You're not getting true 4K. Blue, Blu-ray is 25. But yeah, from a, from a density perspective, Blu-ray is like freaking 25 gigabits on a like dual layer disc or something like that. Is right? that what it is? Yeah, you can have 25 gigabits, which okay. is more than enough for a 4K. Well, actually, I think you actually can get higher than that. But yes, you can you can effectively put 4K worth of video data on, on a Blu-ray Yeah, but how disc. long? Are you limited to like three hours? Uh, let's see. Uh, there's several movies that like uh, you can... F- I'm trying to think. So they used to like... So when Blu-ray first came out, it was you could get... They were still servicing people who still hadn't gotten to... I don't mean... This is interesting, and maybe you guys have an idea of what the perspective was on this thinking as far as making a Blu-ray and DVD two like multi-pack, yeah, double-sided or. And they do that. Yeah. They um, do that now. One hundred gig. One hundred gigabits. You could get a four K disc as well as the regular Blu-ray disc. Um, gigabits or gigabytes? Gigabytes. I'm sorry, but yes. Oh, okay. so the, that's a lot of storage. A hundred gigabytes on a Blu-ray disc? Yes. That's a lot of fucking storage. Well, you got to think some of these. Um, for instance, um, have you ever seen the movie The Burbs? <clears throat> With Tom Hanks, it's a it's a '80s horror comedy. Corey Feldman's in it anyway. Okay, there's two ver- full length different versions of the film on that disc, on top of um, audio commentaries, um, mm-hmm. like three hours of special features and stuff but, like that. But a hundred, I mean, just to put it into perspective, a hundred gigs. Uh, the the DVD format was what four gigs, four to six five point, gigs? six point seven, six point seven gigs. So a hundred gigs is. Almost twenty times exactly. that amount. I mean, that's so that makes sense that they can fit four K content on a on a Blu Ray. Um, but you still would need a Blu Ray player capable of pushing out four K content, right? Those, those can't be very common. So you can buy a four K disc all day. Yeah, and you could have a four day four K player. Like I have an Xbox uh, One S mm-hmm. that is four K capable. Okay, and. I can play it on there. Now, I don't have a 4K TV. Oh, right, yeah. So it's going to downscale it anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, but sometimes there's some things like a, you can only buy like a, a certain artwork 
mm-hmm. of a newer film, like a steelbook edition that has limited artwork. You can only buy the 4K version in that artwork. Right. So do I really care that I'm buying a 4K movie that I'm not getting a true 4K S- viewing of? And you will. Oh, so actually... Yeah. You will once you get a new TV. So oh, yeah, exactly. As as a kind of a wrinkle on this, so the issue with the 4K disc versus 4K streaming is that the audio is different on 4K disc versus 4K streaming. Explain, Gunner. Yeah. Because they're not actually encoding in full Dolby when they're doing on Blu-ray. Why not? When they do on streaming. Why not? So, so what? There's the some, weird, there's some weird, yeah, there's some weird, there, like, there, there, it, again, I'm just, I'm, sure I'm, you're going, through, it right I'm, now, I'm going through this right now. So There's something wrong with the Dolby signal on... Uh, no, they, they can't encode it, they can't encode it on Dolby, they can't encode it in Dolby Audio on the Ultra ultra, ultra, ultra HD. So as far as the disc goes, you're not getting true 4K audio. Yeah. So it's it's well, again I mean, it's like audio, this one thing where the, the, audio is really can't be better than what you got on a DVD. So let's step back right. and talk about well, audio. You're talking about multi-channel, but but that's also like multi you know multi-channel support. Like because again, like there are restrictions on the actual audio layer. Encoding but your ears can can't do. hear better than it's, a CD. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not seeing audio quality. I'm saying like additional bullshit, like actual like full stereo, you know, like the full. Right, I know what you're sa- I know what you're saying, but I don't want I don't want our listeners to think that there's su- such thing as 4K audio. People can't hear it's, the fucking difference in MP3s for the most part. Well, thank, thankfully because the 4K the 4K brings the image quality up, but the audio quality that we were listening to on the original CD format, our ears can't hear better than that. The best that we can do is send multi-channel audio so that you can hear the back and the front and the sides. Our ears peak at the the quality of an audio CD you can't hear any better than that. So what's the diff? Uh, so I mean, because as far as the f- like an actual differences in, in in formats between a DVD and a Blu-ray, I obviously know that there's higher quality in a in a Blu-ray. You it's better resolution, better right. colors, things like that. Now, when Blu-rays first came around, I was diehard. I wasn't going to convert to Blu-ray. I did now, and um, it's you know downhill slope, but. Um, so when they when Blu-ray says that you're getting better audio too, what is that bullshit then? The only possible possible thing that they could do is provide more channels of the same quality audio. Gunner, what's the audio quality on a DVD? Unless the unless the audio quality on a DVD is worse than that of a CD. No, no, because it, what's it, the audio well, quality? It's, it's, MP, it's, it's MPEG it's MPEG two. Yeah, so, so it's co- it, yeah, yeah, so it's compressed. But but what's the what's the frequency on that? Because so your ear your ear can really only hear about twenty two hertz to twenty two thousand kilohertz. That's the the audio spectrum. Anything lower than twenty two hertz is so low you can't hear it, and anything higher than twenty two thousand hertz your ear can't hear it. So that's what brings in that forty four k because it's stereo audio. It's twenty two thousand kilohertz times two because you hear your left and the right. You can bring in more. You can bring in more data by having a back channel, a center channel, right? That would bring you five point one. Actually, so uh, the center being DVD. the fifth channel and the point one being your sub, right? Front is two, back is two. Center channel brings you up to five, and then your sub brings you to a point one. So five point one 
uh, uh, audio can only, but it's really the the actual quality can't be better than a CD. The real main difference is that when you have video, you have almost no choice but to MP3 that audio. He said MPEG-2, but you have to get the audio and you compress it along with the video. And when you compress the audio, you hypothetically are deteriorating the quality of it. Just like a raw image out of a camera isn't as good quality as a JPEG image out of a camera because the JPEG has to have compression algorithms. The compression algorithms try to get pixels that are about the same and store them in, in in an equation instead of as raw pixels. Same thing with audio, same thing with video. So you could have better quality, but that all that really means is that the compression algorithm is just a little bit better. It's not as lossy. So DVD uh, audio layers generally average around uh, 192 kilobits per second. 192k. That's the good side of an MP3. Um, I have an actual. A, blu- a Blu-ray, Blu-ray uh, can go from anywhere from 18.64 megabits per second to 27.64 megabits per second, but so that's the entirety of all the channels. And I've got something pulled up from Audio Gurus that does. It's a couple of paragraphs. Blu-ray versus <laughs> DVD specifically for the audio. Uh huh. The DVD format supported exactly three audio formats, linear PCM, Dolby Digital, and DTS, Digital Surround. When Blu-ray came to the scene, it promised greater audio quality in addition to video quality. In addition to the same format supported by DVD, the Blu-ray format added Dolby Digital Plus, Dolby True HD, and DTS HD. The latter two are lossless audio formats that closely mimic the actual soundtrack potential of the studio masters, albeit remixed for home theater listening. This this meant that for the first time, Blu-ray was approaching master quality video and audio for, for the home user. Yeah, so it's lossless. It's lossless. The quality is actually the same, but it's it it can be considered better because it's not compressed. It's virtually lossless. And that's really the whole MP3 versus CD debate, if you remember that back mm-hmm. in the day. Oh, yeah. In order to get into an MP3, you had to compress the audio wave. And when you compress it and you use equations to compress it, when you decompress it, you do lose a couple of the highs and the lows. But the frequency response is still 44. It's still what your ear can hear. And the higher the, the higher bit rate you have when you compress audio, the better quality that you have. It sounds like Blu-ray just is just nearing a lossless format. But most people's ears can't tell the difference. I mean, when I, it is it is the same frequency response. And even if they, even if you could tell the slightest of difference, if you were one of those people that maybe were hypersensitive to it, it's not like it would greatly impact how right, you right. consumed it. Where where it really becomes noticeable is when you get that format and you decide to compress it again, and it's just like getting a JPEG turning it back into a JPEG. What happens is when you run a compression algorithm over something twice, then you have twice as much loss. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you have the original format, then you can reuse it over and over and over again. Um, because the, it's lossless, you can compress it to any other compressed format that you want to, but it's still based off that original. Recompressing a format that was originally compressed, it's you're going to double the lossiness of it. But that original compressed version, your ears generally can't tell the difference. 128 kilohertz MP3, which is what most people used to download because their internet connection sucked, was great. It was terrific. 192 was a little bit closer, and uh, and that's pretty much what Gunner was saying. So I, I guess my point is is that they they're claiming that it's better audio, and it is if you decide you want to get that audio and reuse it, but you don't have the rights to fucking do that anyway. Right. What comes out of that speaker and goes to your ear, the average person would never be able to tell. Right. And by the average person, I mean not even the average person. Somebody with exceptional hearing wouldn't be able to tell. And so with that in mind. Do you think this is the final form of the physical media? 
I haven't consumed Blu-ray, so I have a hard time. Um, well, they're very hard. They're that. very hard to bite pieces off of, and they hurt on the way out. So I'm not surprised that you have not eaten one. So at what DVDs came onto the the global <laughs> market in the mid to late '90s, right? I want to say '96, '97 was the first DVD. Was I'm it? just shaking my head because I'm not sure. Okay, I believe it was. Um, so you got to think. What was that? So, ten years. DVDs were also above their. They were above. They were. They were ahead of the curve, because, most home TVs at that time were three twenty, and the DVD I believe was a six forty format. Let us not forget DVD HD. Rest in peace. What was that? So when the Xbox three hundred and sixty actually dropped, to, to reference a little video game, they had a decision. They could go the way that PlayStation was going, go Blu-ray, mm-hmm. or they could say, nah, we're going to go to the DVD HD format. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much a battle between who's going to duke it out and win. It was either going to be Blu-ray was going to win or it was going to be DVD HD. And DVD HD got, went the way of the Betamax and okay. the Dinosaur. It got crushed. I think, I think you could still go to Mind Games and Anita, mm-hmm. and I think they still have like a Bad Boys 2 <laughs> DVD <laughs> HD with the little red case, because obviously mm-hmm. they had to go... You know, they had to counter the blue, right. the Blu-ray with yeah. a red case. But um, I mean, like, you buy a video game now, right? <clears throat> video games come in different forms. Uh, electronically downloaded is probably the most popular right now. But probably for my kids, I bought them uh, some of the Nintendo Switch games, and they come on something that looks like a like a mini SD card. They're tiny. You know, why can't we buy a movie on a on a little tiny mini SD card? Kind of shocked that they haven't gotten to that point, but yeah, because I guess for the collector, I mean, you're a collector, Jesse, big time. So. How would you feel if um, to commemorate uh, a new Aliens movie, let's say, from from Disney, they're going to come out with like a collector's box of Aliens and it's going to have, you know, a steelbook with it. It's going to have a bunch of like concept art that you hadn't seen yet, um, but it's only going to come on. You're not going to get a Blu-ray disc. You're going to get an SD card. Does that deter you? Does that? I mean, how do you feel about that? You need, a, a, player. A, you need a player too, right? We got to assume that he has a player. I mean, but with the SD card, you could. There are plenty of mediums that you could figure it out and you could play it, right? Like you could, like the input in your TV, you could throw it into a a stick and plug it into your TV or something. I I think I would be fine with it. My question is, what kind of? Because to buy, to to rebuy something. To double dip as a, a the collector's uh, lingo uh, is, uh, you want to be offered something else visually. Yes, you may be getting a new audio commentary from Ridley Scott's uh, great grandniece who knows nothing about aliens or something like that. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you obviously want the content within it, whether it be you know. Uh, you know, new new interviews, new whatever, you know, a retrospective with the cast and crew, things like that. But really, what it comes down to me, because if I really love a movie, if, if, if they put out something, like you said, maybe new concept art that hasn't been seen, a cool packaging or something like that, I'm easy. I'm a very, I have no qualms about saying I'm very materialistic, especially when it comes to my physical media. So something like that, if it came in all those a bit box set of all of them in the in the the mini SDs 
and the artwork was really cool and it was big not small like a you know a little tiny case or something like that i'd want something little more you know that felt tangible that was big and like i could display it yeah they can fill out the case exactly or the shelf sure. right nobody buys a funko pop that's the size of their pinky right exactly right? yeah exactly now i'm gonna throw this way out there what if gunner what if the sd card clipped into a reusable virtual blu-ray disc that had a little battery in it <laughs> And it created it created you're, a hologram of what the bottom of that Blu-ray would have looked like so that you could play an old, old, ancient, fucking ancient Blu-ray players. Well, y- y- that or it's just in a Roku, but uh, it, it, no, I mean, like, it's funny. Y- you're laughing, but like, because we had a discussion, one of my friends has a Bluetooth cassette adapter. What? So it is, it is a, it is a cassette, it is what? a, it is a cassette that you pop into a, a a car's stereo deck, hot damn, and it will let you it will let you like attach it as a Bluetooth device to your phone, and you can play your phone audio through to the stereo. But when I do, I de- I degrade it to twenty two kilohertz because <laughs> tape audio quality sucks. What do you? How do you feel about tapes? Um, VHS tapes or uh, cassette? Cassette, yeah. Cassettes have come have come back. Yeah, I see that. Why? Just because Why we like terrible the quality of their audio. Like it that? is not because it's not with collecting. This is what it comes down to: to collecting. There's two different kinds of collectors, and I kind of touched upon this on the first episode that I was on. We we kind of talked about it about the um, it's fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's what record store day is. I I haven't been at a record store day in a few years, but the last time I was in there, I saw someone. You can size someone up to see if they're really buying, you know, he was buying like really stuff I would listen to. Mm-hmm. I could look at him and tell he wasn't going to listen to it because it could go on eBay and he can have one copy for himself and he can sell a copy on eBay and it's just to say, hey, look what I got. It's I mean, not do, about listening to uh, it. Like the Fetty Wops going up there too. I mean, what's, what, is it just, is it just like nostalgic genres that make it into physical it's, media, or is it everything? Because it's everything. Because everything has its own crowd. So cassettes. What is everyone? They did this. Uh, I think. Um, what was it, a few years ago for the uh, Nirvana in utero? Uh, it was the commemorative twentieth year or twenty fifth year. It was last year. They re released on in utero twenty twenty five years of the record being out. They put out a new vinyl. They said it was you know remastered new color uh limited edition color vinyl so collectors want that but i'm not gonna lie i think cd is the best way to listen to music i don't think it is vinyl and i love hearing older vinyls because you get that like it pops and the, yes it's, it's, there's no hiss it's just well, kind of pops. but i'm not trying to listen to a brand new record that someone recorded in 2018 that's digital anyway mm-hmm. be converted to a vinyl format. well there's something I, like there I are mean, some records though that i will say like acdc back in black is best on vinyl and a lot of like that kind of hard-driven guitar for some Ooh, reason. If you I don't listen know to why. Led Zeppelin four on vinyl, an original analog recording that was put to vinyl in the seventies, yes, that's the way you want to listen to Led Zeppelin four. Uh, Do you, does it matter if you buy the brand new remastered from digital to vinyl 
uh, Led Zeppelin four now, no, it's not going to sound the same. It's going to sound it's it'll sound clean. But people that are buying those records, they're not listening to them. There are just a small percentage that aren't. But I, it's about having it. I heard. I heard. Well, you know, and again, a audiophile like you know, gold plated cable circle jerking aside. I heard of the. I was reading a, a couple papers on this, and it gets very interesting because one of the things they talk about. So, besides the whole like the fact that every record is effectively unique, like none of them sound, none of them are exactly the same just because they're physical artifacts and they acquire their own battle wounds. Um, one of the things they talk about is that the reason that people say that they like vinyl, at least you know, vinyl over digital, like from an actual like ex- experiential kind of thing, is an artifact of most of the players that vinyl come over like even if they do the double blind test because the the the, the way that vinyl or the way that you're actually getting audio off the di- off the record induces distortion and it's kind of this um it, it's it's one of those like physiological artifacts of human ex- like how how humans perceive things where like you don't have depth perception because you have two eyes. You have depth perception because you have your, your eyes saccade. So you basically are kind of assembling the image in front of you from multiple takes. Like, you know, it's kind of like when your eyes start, like, fucking going out of focus, you get, like, things get blurry. And it's not because they're blurry. It's because one is, you like, the saccades aren't, like, the saccades aren't in sync. So your brain kind of just is doing a, doing a gobbledygook image. And it's like, why as soon as you close one eye everything's sharp again but you don't have depth you don't have the same depth perception and the people that are buying vinyl on a record store day that happens twice a year it's usually the second saturday in april and i think black friday is the other record store day <clears throat> where at this point thousands i remember when they started really commemorating commemorating record store day about 10 or 12 years ago uh it was very limited couple bands couple different releases special editions limited to this limited to that um, now it's a lot of people aren't they aren't audiophiles. They're buying it to say that they bought it, and most of the time they're buying two copies, one to keep to say they have it, and the other one to flip for quadruple the price on eBay. And that's really all it, it is. And honestly, I've seen the same thing with friends who are supposed collectors and fans of the films. I I know for a fact some of these films they haven't popped in their Blu-ray players. They're buying it because it's fear of missing out. Because guess what? It's going to go out of print. The, the Blu-ray is going to go out of print, and then it's going to be worth sixty or seventy or eighty or a hundred dollars on eBay. So it's it's almost like a, and it's the same thing. Like I've seen they're selling slip covers to Blu-rays. Some of them go for a hundred dollars. Cardboard slip covers with the same art that's on the actual the sleeve that inserts mm-hmm. into the plastic on the Blu-ray. The cardboard slip cover. Right. They'll, I've seen it sell for 40 50 bucks on, on Blu-rays because why? After 3,000 units of a Shout Factory, which is a company that has a subsidiary, Scream Factory, releases all horror ones, after three, th- after three months, they stop making the slipcovers. Sure. So you can only get the slipcovers for the first three months. Sure. After yeah. that, if you're ordering from their site, you're not going to get a slipcover. And... I think that they know this, and I think those companies, and I've seen it done with vinyl too, they make a bunch of slipcovers, and then they put it up. They create a false it. sense of demand. Exactly. So, so one thing I think, when I think of vinyl, one thing I think of, first of all, <clears throat> I, don't, I, don't, I don't care for vinyl. 
you know, I'll put that right out there. I really don't care for it as a format. I don't care for it because it's very volatile. Um, it gets scratched easily. Oh, um, yeah. There's hardware components that can easily break if you don't handle the record player properly. Mm -hmm. um, you have to know your speed. You have to tune the speed. Um, I'm not a huge fan, right? you got to know if it's a 45 it's or a 33. Yeah, it's kind of tedious. However, F four songs got to flip. Four yeah. songs got to flip. Um, um, the, I don't care for the size of the form factor either. Either it takes unless you know you're trying to decapitate a zombie. It doesn't really that size doesn't really help you out when you're trying to uh, move it around. However, and that's why I like a cassette a little bit better from a form factor perspective. The cassette also from a resilience, unless you're not close to a magnet, you could put the cassette in your your pocket without the the outside on it. You don't really have to worry about it being destroyed that much. No, but. Where record wins, and this is where I think that it, it really is still considered a great format today, is that it is, you can jump straight to a track. You can't do that on a, on, on a cassette. You, in a cassette, you have to fast forward or rewind to get to your track. Um, with a record, you can jump straight to it. Now, it might be a little harder to find, but you can jump straight to it. You don't have to sit there and wait for it to just arbitrarily fast forward until it gets to a certain point. I think that's why it wins. Now, my eight-year-old son likes vinyl. My eight-year-old son, if he can get an album on vinyl, he will. And he seems, it's like, oh, well, he's eight years old. I mean, what's, what kind of possible music could he really be into? Well, he's into the Beatles, so he collects a lot of the Beatles stuff. And uh, what, what I've noticed is, <clears throat> and this, this I, think, I think this is an important aspect of physical media. And mm. there's the whole collector thing, and I get that. You buy two, you sell one. I get that. I understand that. But I don't think everybody is a collector. I don't think everyone <laughs> wants to resell. I think that there's something about physical media that fixes a problem that the electronic version has introduced. Absolutely. My son can't just listen to a Beatles album. He has no way to do it. If he goes on YouTube and tries playing the Beatles, there's going to be songs that were taken down for copyright infringement. If he has a Spotify account and if he's paying, then he can build a playlist with those specific songs on there. But some of the content's actually really hard to find if he's not if he's not paying some subscription service for these songs. And even then, the computer or the, the Roku or the Fire TV stick or YouTube or whatever technology he's using gets in the way. So what I've, what I've witnessed is he has, a, he has a record player. He has one of those suitcase ones you can unfold. He unfolds his record player. It's got a little DC adapter. He plugs a DC adapter into the wall. He drops the record on there, and he puts the needle down, and he starts playing. And then he gets out his, 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 his art book, and he starts drawing. Now, what he's drawing has nothing to do with the Beatles, right? He's just drawing. He's practicing. It usually has to do with video games. But he sits there and he draws, and in the background this is playing. And if I open up the door and peek on him, you know, he could be spinning around singing to one of these songs. He could be sitting down drawing. Um, he could just be like like laying down in his bed with his with his arms behind his head. So when it comes to music, consuming the the physical form in music, I think what it does is it it assumes that you don't want anything else, right? You're you're just you're starting you're starting that moment off just with the song, just with the music itself, and then you get to decide what comes next. Whereas I think what's happened with with today's today's um, generation of music consumption is, music consumption assumes there's already a, some form of context in play. If you're listening to it Bluetooth on your radio, you assume that you're driving. You have to be in your car to listen to it, right? You have a good stereo system in your car, but you're assuming that you're in your car when you when when you listen to it. If you're on YouTube, you assume that you're on your phone already, and you're already distracted when you have your phone open. 
or whether it's on your TV. There's so many other things that can happen. Like you said, Xbox. You're on your, you might be on your Xbox watching YouTube, Wade, but do you get notifications when your friends jump into a game? Yeah, or if they'll, they'll contact me and they're like, hey, squad up, you know, and we're going to play. Yeah. And, and it, what it does, it reminds me of this era where music was... It was a pure consumable, and you'd 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 consume the music like you watched a movie. You'd start it, and then you'd watch the whole thing, and then it was over. You'd shut it off, and, and you felt like the theater experience. It's this uninterrupted experience, and I feel like physical media somehow was able to keep that alive. And I think that with loss of physical media, it's starting to take that away from 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 how we consume our our, our, our media. And I think cassette works, CD, even CDs were great. Do you remember the albums where they would throw the hidden tracks at the end? Uh, oh, yeah. I was just seeing uh, the hidden track from Stone Temple Pilots' Purple album, which was their second album, where it was, it was just the second album. It was like a, a lounge version of this song. Scott Weiland sang it. Mm-hmm. That's, and what you're explaining is the commitment to actually want, want to listen to the music. Not just, oh, it's a new song from this band. I'm going to play it while I'm texting. You're not really invested in the listening experience when you're checking an email or responding to someone's text. It's just kind of playing. You're like, yeah, I like that. Go to iTunes. You got Apple Music. I'm going to download it. Cool. And then that's kind of the end of it. And then it'll pop up when you have it on shuffle when you're at the gym or something like that. Um, and that is going away. And that's going away too. I think... I, and I hope the movie theater experience doesn't go away. As much as we can have qualms about, you know, loud kids and and this and that, the prices I'm not like I'm not can I, I don't have any issues with like paying seven dollars for a medium popcorn anymore or no, like an eight dollars for the slushy because that's going to the theater, and that that's keeping the experience that I want alive. So I'm fine twenty five dollars for me and my girlfriend to get drinks and popcorn. I'm fine with that. Um, but like you said. I mean, unless you're a dick, and there's plenty of them out there that will be on their phones during the movie experience, you're really invested. Why? Because you've spent money. $25 for two tickets, $25 for drinks and popcorn. Guess what? I don't take my phone out in the movie theater. It stays in there. I bought in and I'm invested into the experience of it. They've upped their game, too. Oh, you, definitely. The movie theaters, a lot of them that I go to now have, like, lounge seats that you can sit in. Yeah, yeah. Shout-outs to a night of movieplex, by the way. I haven't been there since they did that. They, they Pretty much all the theaters now have those big kind of reclinable, reclining yeah. seats with the the big theater where they have to pack a lot of people in. They don't have that. Well, they do have that on the sides and on the floor. So, actually, that's not true. But shout-outs to them because they're, they're privately owned, and, you know, they're not... They're doing the best they can, and they do a pretty good job. So if anybody's in the area and you know they want to go to like Syracuse or New Hartford for a movie, go to Oneida Movieplex. It's 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 really really nice. They put in those new seats. Yeah, those seats are super nice, and it makes sense because they're competing with your home now. And exactly. What better way to compete with your home than to make you as comfortable as you'd be yeah, in your home? That's why the movie tavern opened in yeah, Camillus, Camillus. Mm-hmm. and you my know, wife you, loves that place. Yeah, it's it, it's. Isn't there a waiter too? Yep. Yeah, is that the one? Yeah, they food. come. You, you have a little meal. light up button on your on your desk. You actually have a little desk that folds over to you. And you hit it when you need it. That sounds amazing. Alcohol too. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. That's See, where I want to go. <laughs> for that, for me, I got to pick my times right to go there because it gets extreme. Because people, because it is like you said, you're competing with your. They're competing with your home now mm-hmm. for the comfort level and things like that. People are realizing that. You want to know why? I got I got Joe Schmo next to me kicking off his New Balances, and he and he's got the goddamn Looney Tunes uh, green uh, mist going across the whole goddamn place, 
and things like that, and people chewing lot. So you're describing my wife again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I can't handle that. Like, I'm fine with, uh, you know, chatter here and there because I'm a professional shusher. I will, I've shushed the shit out of teenage girls. I have, I've got into it with people to the point where they leave. And I mean, I think that it's, it's extremely rude to be like people, like young teenage kids talking and things like that. I don't know. I never talked in movie theaters my entire life. So maybe I'm a different breed, but also these kids really aren't there. Most of them teenage girls. It's a social thing for them. And exactly. It's not, it's not really about, about the, movie. the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's bullshit because everyone paid money to watch the movie, not to hang out with your fucking friends and bullshit. You hang out with your fucking friends and bullshit, go sit in a fucking park somewhere, go loiter somewhere. Exactly. I don't care. <laughs> go to a diner, go to Denny's. Yeah, and there's a le- there's a line, right? I mean, <clears throat> they're going to be teenage girls, they can't stop that. But exactly. there's got there's a line. They have to be res- they have to be respectful to people around them. There's going to be giggling. Oh, yeah. But when it overpowers the movie, then you're like you bitch get out. Well, yeah, and it's it's it, like when I think of like teenagers in general, like, like if you go into like a movie with some dramatic scenes, they're so emotionally immature. Yeah. That that like what's trying to be conveyed by the director and by the actors clearly isn't reaching them because their fucking lives are empty and they have no idea <laughs> it's how to lost experience because yeah, it's like, a lost generation. Right. Oh, you're like so funny. they don't know. Like everything's so cynical uh, and shit. Everything's a fucking joke that like you know actual like real loss that's trying to be conveyed in an art form and in an art medium. Is completely lost in them. They just think it's funny. That's true, but at the same token, they're also the ones that'll get obsessed as well. I mean, the teenage, the teenage audience can go one way or the other. I mean, right. you, you know, and you're begging, you're begging on that whole thing. And let's let's be real. We 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 live we live in the century of lazy nihilism. I mean, like even the fucking capitalist god kings of Earth can't be bothered to fucking keep capitalism from dying. So. Yeah, it, they're, they're too busy. They're too busy uh, buying I'm not going to get a political argument. No, no, no. They're 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 they're, they're buying capitalism in no, this country for a hundred years. But you know, like it, literally, like we're, I'm not. This isn't a political thing, but we're spending all this time fucking running, pe- like stealing the life essence of Earth, and people are spending that money on fucking fake knockoff wine with inkjet labels on. Like, cause that was that was the Coke, the one Coke brother that doesn't get exposed. Did you say knockoff wine with inkjet labels on? Yes, it? like he he spent. What are you saying? Oh, do, uh, are you, you saying that? Star- he, no, you saying that Hewlett Packard Paris is coloring my wine? Is that what? You're no, saying? I'm I'm saying that like one of the, co- the the Coke brother that doesn't get like upfront. Like his whole thing was he was investing in buying all these like desirable wines, and it came out that like eighty percent of his collection was literally fucking bathtub bathtub stuff. That somebody bullshitted and like made in their like. Oh yeah, but that's what I mean. I don't think Poland spring came from a spring. I, it's, no, no, it's, no. But, it's some elderly couple in Pittsburgh that are running it out of their bathtub. You know, <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, is like we don't even live in an age where like literally like what the Pinkertons are coming back and stuff like that. But we literally have murder crews for hire, and they can't. The guys who like fucking do this stuff can't be. You know, like oh well, I guess I lost a couple million. It's like what the fuck? Okay. This isn't. Gunner, you're gonna bring us into some doom and gloom story no, 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 but about no, capitalism all right let's so get back to physical I go media back to horror movies so like i i'm, I'm saying i'm saying so 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 here's the thing because we got we got this so do we get to a point where effectively we kind of have to come up with our own bootleg media play media form factors because no, because it's no not one's what the that ambitious is. when it comes well, no, to but, I mean, like polaroid came back someone to entertain them po- polaroid came back 
Yeah, for like a minute. No, I mean like, the, the, but they're, they're like it's 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 a th- you know, and again like part of it is hipster cred, but like I'm I'm surprised. Like I was actually looking at like they they're they're making new cameras, and when I say new cameras, yeah, but have they come not- back so much that they're putting like Apple out of business for their like well, no, their but they're selling disposable cameras for weddings. I bought one of those for my girlfriend a few years ago, so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's cool, a little, po- and it prints mini Polaroid yeah. pictures. Yeah, I and I was like, that's really cool. She'll definitely love that. Really great for she news. used it the first day I got it on Christmas Day, and she hasn't touched it since. Mm-hmm. Now there's pictures of our dead hamster just sitting by it in a box right now. And that's it. So, so um, let's go through the different physical media formats. And let's figure out what our favorite and what our least favorite is. And like gen- per, by genre or? Just plain or overall. J- overall. physical media. Because there's not oh, a whole shit. lot right. of formats, right? Like a- so, um, so of, of course, the, the vinyl is one of the first. Right, I don't know if there's yeah. one that came before vinyl. I'm not sure. Film, no. maybe. Well, yeah, film. It would have been. How how did they do audio for um, the monophones or whatever? How yeah, how did they do the audio for the? Um, it's optically encoded. It was so, optically so, yeah, encoded. Yeah, so basically, there's a photo. There's a photo track the alongside yeah alongside the the film the film frame itself. Okay, so let's go back that far. You got the optical optically encoded audio on a uh, on a reel, right? Like the pr- old projector stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Was there anything between that and vinyl, Gunner, or was it pretty much a jump, or was it magnetic before well, vinyl? Uh, so no, so uh, again, like vinyl, vinyl, it, it really the, the 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 first the first permanent recorded audio, like not like punch cards for a player piano or something like that was the the again that was the uh, it was either a steel disc. Mm-hmm. Or the drum, which is the record, the, the, right? Yeah, well, you know, but I mean, like, yeah, basic principle. Or the drum, which is really the record player is derived from the the gramophone, which was you know T- Thomas Edison's the wax cylinder thing. Okay. Um, and they go back. So the first permanent or the first recorder media wasn't actually tape; it was wire recording. So you'd have like a you'd you'd have a you'd have a uh-huh. fixed wire spool. Uh huh. And that was actually your recording medium, and like plastic. What, did they, they put nat- notches in it or something? No, they- no, it was ta- it, so it, it's it's a similar mechanism to how you record. I mean, like you know, it's a different it's a different pulsing scheme, because this yeah, and this gets maybe too into the weeds, but so um until you vote for wire, and then we're like, what the fuck was that? No, well, maybe no. we should start this out with we all recognize the greatest media physical medium of all time, laserdisc. <laughs> you know, I, I started thinking about Laserdisc the other was day. It, was it analog Laserdisc or digital Laserdisc? There was Cause only there analog. Was two. No, there was there was, only was analog. there was a digit. There was a digital. There was only analog. But but to Gunner's point, that's what people don't understand. That's why it was so fucking big. Is because it was not it was not compressed like in the DVD. Mm-hmm. But it came way before it. It also was cheaper than VHS when it came out. And uh, I had uh, what, what movie was it? I just bought a new movie on uh, Blu-ray and fucking killing me right now escaping me it was over the past few weeks i bought it mm-hmm. and i uh i saw that there was a, a commentary track on it from I, can't, I it's escaping me what it was or who it was but the person involved that was on the commentary track died before the invention of dvd oh but, and i was just like how the fuck did they get they must have just like put like so i did some digging and it came from an from a laser disc from a laser disc yeah and I was like, wow, because I'm someone who listens to a lot of audio commentary on my movies. I'll usually watch them in full after I get them, and then I'll listen to 
whatever perspective audio commentaries that come with them. So if I'm interested enough to, to do that, most of them I am. Um, and I was just like, I was so fascinated once. I was like, wow, I didn't even think about it. Like Laserdisc was providing this. Yeah, Laserdisc, Laserdisc was really before the VHS. But I already know what Gunner's favorite medium is. The mini disc things, the, the cassettes oh, dude, with I little discs little in them. What's that? I love those little mini discs. <laughs> the only problem was it was Sony. But you know, yeah. mini, mini, mini disc was mini disc should have been the it gave one. Gave you the protection Yo, of a cassette. But the problem, the, well, but the problem, but seriously, the problem though, it gave you the protection of a cassette because because you weren't you couldn't actually scratch the disc itself um, in a small form factor. I like the mini disc too. I, I was kind of sad it never took off. Okay, so you got record, you got whatever weird well, wire mini, spool. Mini disc, mini disc is kind of a trick question because there was analog and data. You know, like again, oh, was it's there? like it, well, because well, because you had digital mini disc too. Like actually, that's that was my I big thing. I thought they were was, all digital. No, no. So um, because actually, mini mini disc itself. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends because there was an audio mini. So there was an audio mini, uh, audio mini disc, and a digital mini disc. Because I don't know why I'm adding the fucking O in there. Yeah, what are you saying? Uh, so, um, so, so actually, the UMD, UMD, which was the PSP's format, is a is is a is a derivation of the original mini that that mini disc format. Um. Mini disc was a magneto optical style, like the like the old like the actual IBM like the, the drives we used to use in the yeah. hundred. Yeah, I mean like they're not warm, but yeah, like you'd actually have a laser heat the thing up so that the resistivity would there the you know the resistivity would change on the the medium on the disc because it was it is it isn't an opt it isn't a straight optical format. It's not okay. It actually is actually it is because the, that was the thing is it's rewritable. Or was in theory rewritable. So yeah, have- I remember that. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So let's go around the table. Favorite, favorite physical media format and least favorite physical media format. Gunner, you get to go first. I. I'm gonna have to say VHS. It's, it's your favorite. Gar- it's absolute garbage. But I just like I I like I just I appreciate it for all of the bullshit that allows it to work because it's it's it's. Just encoding video, encoding video magnetically was just a big thing, and it's it gets into kind of like this whole like there's a there if you ever like read up on how they got the first camcorders to work, it's just that all the part you know like again like all the parts that were involved in actually making a VHS player just function. And even as shitty as the video, you know, like shitty as the video quality is compared to like a fucking garbage bin DVD now, just the the fact that that came into being, and the fact that basically it, it broke a whole bunch of it, it broke a whole bunch of legal frameworks because the, the you know the, the the thing was you could there was no such concept of time shifting. I mean, like you know people would record songs off the radio and stuff like that, but like the the the, v, the VHS cassette, the VHS recorder, effectively broke modern media I mean like you know and they've done a very good tr- they've done a very good job of like scrambling back up but it's just it's it was it's a proper disruptive technology and a VHS cassette is also a big F you to Sony because like beta was better in every qualitative way and I'm still glad that it failed <laughs> your least favorite least favorite digital compact cassette I have to look it up. 
So in the in the meantime, in between time when they were that was launching, when cassette was trying to compete with CD. Yes. Yeah, so, so they actually they actually made a digital digital encoded cassette. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great worst. How about you, Jesse? Uh, best uh, or favorite for audio is definitely CD because I still own so many mm-hmm. and I it's just super easy for everything. It's the most convenient. It's the best sound. Um, I still own a lot of vinyl, even though I've downsized. Most of my records are stuff from a few bands that I really love that I'll complete my catalogs in, and I have a lot of 70s vinyl from my father. Um, For video, even though I have a huge, huge soft spot for uh, VHS, obviously, I'll, I'll even display it right now for you. All I have a VHS tattoo on me. I have a tattoo of a VHS tape on me. Oh, are, are, right. are, 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 we, are we lining up here? His right elbow here? has a bird with a number 18. And uh, I'm sure there's more to that. Yeah. <laughs> 18 forever. And, uh, and then next to the bird is a uh, beautiful VHS tape. Is and, that a re-recordable VHS tape? That oh, you got absolutely. Okay, just well, all of them are recordable as long as you put the piece of tape over it. And I would... <laughs> Very true. My initial thought is Blu-ray. This is my favorite just because it provides everything that I possibly would need. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also think DVD because that is where I was able to rediscover films that either weren't released on VHS or I never had on VHS. So that was really when my deep collecting like really started was in the early 2000s with DVD. But I would probably go with VHS just because that was the that was the beginning of like my love for film and the fact that you know. When VHS tapes were available to buy initially, they were very, very expensive. Um, and then even even though when the prices came down when I was a kid in the early 90s, it was my parents still weren't going out and buying a whole bunch of VHS tapes because you could buy the blank ones at Ames, a three-pack of them, and you, guess what? When Harley-Davidson and the Marlboro Man came on Cinemax at midnight, I could record it then, and then I'll have it forever. And I still like that feeling that a lot of movies that I discovered were recorded mm-hmm. by our family. And that was, you know, it was almost like, in a way, it just felt it felt different than buying them. Because I remember, I can remember it vividly, what the lo- our Lost Boys recorded off <laughs> HBO, what our, how my father wrote the Lost Boys. And I could just, mm-hmm. it's burned in my memory. And that just... VHS has a special place as far as uh, my viewing of movies goes. So VHS is definitely going to be uh, mine as well. So you think v- so you you picked VHS over the top of Blu-ray for yeah. best. What about worst? Did you pick worst? Worst um worst is cassettes uh, for my audio just because while durable as we've said like I I literally I've half melted uh, cassettes before just to see if they would play just to when I was a kid you know you're everyone's a pyro at least for a month span um, and I would try to dis- destruct them and they would still play they might get wobbly here and there but they would still pretty much play um, but I hated the fast forward the rewinding like it was just it was awful because it was just a pain but as far as the least favorite for for video um, I don't know. Probably something I didn't experience. Betamax. <laughs> Wade? I'm just going to go with physical forms of media. I won't go video and, and audio. 
Uh, favorite is probably your least favorite audio, the cassette, only because it uh, it brings me back to like a time when you know I couldn't really afford CDs or whatever. But like you'd listen to like K Rock, and you really like the stuff that was coming on there. So you just like wait to hit record to yeah. record so that you can listen to it back. And I remember, like, I remember, I got a. Remember recording the sound of recording the sound of the fury yeah. on Saturday, or like Saturday freshly nights. squeezed. Like I know, light used to record like all this techno that you could only hear for like one hour out of the entire week. <laughs> yeah. Um, on Saturday nights, like, and then we we like listen to like you know Moby and like uh, uh, Lords of Acid or like mm-hmm. you know the the Utah Saints or whatever. Stuff that like you were not you were not going to hear anyway. This is way before like play came out yeah. or even like revolver. Like mm-hmm. this is like early early Moby, like late eighties, early nineties stuff, um, like the original rave scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but like you could hear that stuff. And like I remember, I I got uh, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, um, White Zombies second album came out. And uh, I think it was more human than human, or was it Sex, Blood, and Magic? No, no, that's that's the that's really bad. Really so you talking about Astro Creep two thousand? Yeah, or? Astro Creep two thousand. Okay, yes, yeah. that's the one. And I, I recorded it like you had to like tape over a part of the rec- of like the, the players so you could record straight off the CD. <laughs> yeah, they try to put these. Yeah, uh huh. And I recorded like three like copies of them and gave them to some of my friends. <laughs> so cassettes, not because of the quality or anything like that, just because it's like a. Direct link to like I remember like yeah, distribution, stuff, well, but you know, copying, but, but and the, being able to like copy stuff the, without having to pay for it because I didn't have any money to pay for the, it. The, the cassette is the cassette is a democratizing democratizing yeah. format. You know, yeah. like even when we had CD burners, it was it, it, it the whole the whole point of the cassette was it was kind of designed to be trash. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 inherent it's inherently kind of skanky i.e. it is much cooler than just burning a disc and saying here here's this here's this coaster that you will fucking gouge up in your car right, because you could just throw a cd and burn it and then it's done whereas the cassette you have to pay attention to mm-hmm. where you're recording because you don't want to hear the fucker's voice come back in or have some shitty commercial it's but like, there was always the first half of some shitty commercial well, because and again it was because it's despite it being here's the simple package and we've we've actually not made this process any easier than just fucking doing this as a reel to reel we've just made it smaller so you feel like less of an asshole trying to do this and then so like least favorite. favorite medium mm-hmm. um i don't really have like a hatred for anything but like maybe Maybe like a track because like what the fuck for excellent like, choice like what the fuck for? see a track eight excellent choice so a so track players are it, so it much turns up, shut up <laughs> 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 no seriously um, I am going to transition in because we're we're hitting our time here um, he's doing a jerk off motion at me right now <laughs> which you don't see too much are you just is you squirting milk now it no I'm, look like a penis. I'm jerking <laughs> off both of them. Both your dicks? <laughs> Two dicks. Uh, Both dicks. So, Wade, I agree with you. 8-track, for very specific reasons, is my least favorite. Um, number one, it cuts off in the middle of a song. Any audio format. And they had to do this, right? Because it, they called it 8-track, but it was really four, right? There was four different tracks you could listen to, but each one was stereo. So they'd call it an 8-track. But what would happen is you could never perfectly cut off and fit all the songs on there. So what would happen is you'd be listening to a song and it would go, and then the song would start playing again because it had to switch tracks. Um, Also, what it would do is it would have one song going one direction on the tape. It wasn't like a cassette. 
It didn't have like 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 one side of it would wind up and then the other side would would, would unwind. It was this strange like I guess I kind of did that inside, but it was it was much stranger. You had to crack it apart to see, but it had this trick where once it got to the end of the tape, it could start drawing it again, right? So it didn't actually have to stop directions and go the other way. But uh, what would happen is, in order for that to happen, they needed to like use this special glue inside, and the fucking glue would snap, and you'd have to take apart the eight track, and you would have to actually glue it back together. Like it really fucking sucked. It was also a huge form factor. So yeah. if you had an 8-track player in your car, it pretty much was your entire dashboard. It was a really large form factor, um, and the quality wasn't that great. So for those reasons, I completely agree with you, Wade. My least favorite physical media is is 8-track. My favorite physical media, I, I really want to say the CD, and I think I'm going to say the CD, but when you started talking about the tape, all I could remember was, do you remember doing the high-speed dubbing? Yes. Where you'd copy one tape onto another? And they had the high speed option, so you didn't sit there and wait for the mm-hmm. whole thing to play. Mm-hmm. What a fucking. It go like super fast. But if you fucked up and when you were copying the tapes, you had to get a tape that was at least as long as the one you were mm-hmm. copying. <laughs> if not, then you just copied over the top. Um, and of course, there was like the there was like some special hi fi versions of the tapes. Remember the Switch? The meta- well, you were yeah. the metallic, the, yeah. the, the metal Is that what cassettes. It was? Well, because there, there was a different. <coughs> you had. You had you had a improved audio fidelity one that used a different magnetic compound in the tape. It was like cobalt cerium or something like that. But if you flipped it on and it wasn't a cobalt tape, it just sounded, it was kind of like ghetto bass boost. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it would like change the sound of the audio. So I, I, cassette is an excellent choice, but I'm going to go with CD. And the reason is, is because the CD form factor gave birth to the DVD form factor. It gave birth to the Blu-ray form factor. Most Optical discs have remained that size since then. So for that reason, I really like the CD. Also, I liked the CD because you got the best quality audio that you could possibly get. I know there was an enhanced CD format that came out afterwards. I don't know too many people have an enhanced CD player. Uh, but I would my pick would definitely be uh, the uh, the audio CD, the, what, the, the compact disc uh, audio CD would be my vote. So that's my, my least favorite. I had to jump on the 8-track with you, and my most favorite is the compact disc. There we have it, our, our tops and bottoms of, of the physical media. Jesse, thanks for coming on again, man. Thanks for having me. We will absolutely would love to have you back whenever you want to come on. Honestly, it's uh it's I remember, fun. he's having us on, too. What's it? Yes, th- and thank you for having us on your show. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> The old simulcast. Yeah. But um, thanks right. for listening, everybody. Gunner, you have something to say. Oh, I was going to say, because maybe, maybe we need... Maybe we, so do we need to get, like, a roaming podcast van like we'll we just get like a sketchy ford trans like a ford van with free candy written on the side of it or something something tells me you already have this man. <laughs> shut up it's a bus it's got an eight track I, I show, i've showed you i have the bus yes i have the podcast bus oh god yeah just spray paint the side of your daily <laughs> it doesn't run which one which one which one of the ones that doesn't run i don't know you but, pulled in some big ass pickup oh, truck today yes, big big frank when did but, you get that that's the farm truck okay was well, it straight legal yeah, Is I mean, as much as, any in the back? Like, as much as anything I owe. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to bid everyone adieu. Uh, thanks for listening. Give us a share, a like, uh, definitely comments encouraged, and uh, we'll see you next time.